Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, <laughs> let's talk about the transgender individual who shot up a Christian school because, I guess, reasons we don't know yet. Apparently, there's a manifesto. Why does everyone have a manifesto? Like, do people who write manifestos do crazy things? If you don't have a manifesto, does that mean you're a person who's not inclined to do crazy things? I don't know. Let's talk about things that we don't know. Um, except the fact that a transgender person shot up a Christian school. Because reasons. Uh, wanted to talk about Black China and her born-again experience, she says. Don't really know much about it. No one really was interested in it. But I guess if that's legit, shout out. Good job. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. Uh kill or be killed slavery is great it's just a contract it's only a contract so you know i'm a big defender of the, of the idea that the bible doesn't need defending um i just think people need some help in accuracy and literature and reading sometimes so if someone is completely unlearned and doesn't know anything about the bible and they just read it there may need be some things that you know need to be explained based on historical context it doesn't mean you're apologizing why it doesn't mean you're trying to make god look better God doesn't need help. It just means you're trying to be accurate to the text. If someone says, hey, I've been reading about apples, and this is what it is, and they pull out an orange, it's like, well, I don't need to make the actual apple seem more appealing. I just need to point out that you're holding what is called an orange. So it's actually not an apple. I'm not an apple apologist. I'm just you know, trying to be accurate and be helpful that you're holding an orange. It's not an apple. So let me take that orange and give you an apple, and now you're right. You've been reading about an apple, and that is an apple. Congratulations. Same thing with the Bible and slavery. So, it's a spicy day, by the way. There's some Everyone's, like, been out of shape, I guess, including me at the end, because I just got frustrated, because I was talking to this person that was adamant that every instance of slavery in the Bible is 100% a contract between the slave and the owner of the slave, whose property um, they now are. Uh, anyway, other way around. Anyway, so I may tentatively have an apology to make at some point. Um, I have long believed, and I, I need to caveat this. I, I've definitely got to verify this, but I may have learned something today. So I'm under the impression um, that the Bible has multiple categories of slavery. There's like indentured servitude that is a contract, right? You're like you're poor, you're destitute, you sell yourself to your, you know, your tribe, your people, and they take care of you, and you're basically a housemaid, um, you know, sort of an indentured servant. And then, you know, seven years you can re-up or get out or whatever. Uh, then there are debt slaves, so you can't pay your debt. Congratulations, you're a slave. Um, I guess you could say that's based on a contract. They agreed to pay a debt they couldn't, so I, I would agree that's also a contract. Um, and then there would be, um, there's another type of slave. Goodness, I should have written this down. Uh, but the fourth type of slave would be prisoner, oh, a foreigner slave. Uh, how you can go apparently just buy people in other lands. And that was where we had most of the contention. I'm like, well, look, in Leviticus 25... Um, it talks about you're free to go buy, <laughs> funny, they're free, others aren't, you're free to go buy slaves from the foreign heathen. That's what it said, that's the word used. And so the assumption, I still think may be right, I don't know, um, is that you would go to wherever these foreigner, Gentile, not Israelites have slaves, and you would pay the slave master or whatever and get your slave. And uh, they didn't really have much of a say in it because they're a slave, it's implied in the name. Uh, and it would be very much against their will. Um, so the challenge was, no, that's not the case. It was always uh, a choice that the slave had. Um, and then there is the prisoner of war. Uh, you know, someone, you're going to go lawfully engage in war, however you define that. Um, and at the end result, whoever is not dead in battle, um, you become slaves of the other people. 
she this person was saying well no no it's also a contract so that one was a little easier to swallow if you nuance contract to be like well either you be our slave totally willingly or you die i'm like if we're calling that a contract then okay sure maybe that's a stretch but um the the third type that we were talking about the foreign slave that was where it was confusing so i i consulted the oracle um chat gpt so it did give me pause um apparently it, it is able to read the talmud a lot faster than me so i wanted a talmudic source because whether or not as a christian you agree with the talmud and the jewish interpretation of their own law that's still the jewish interpretation of their own law so whether or not it's right or wrong in your eyes in your spiritual mindset or your belief in god that's still how they interpret their law so that is how their law was carried out thousands of years ago anyway so it seems to suggest that even in that third clause where you could go to a foreign land and uh, buy a slave that, uh, you know, because it makes provision, it says you can't kidnap, you can't forcefully take anyone. But I thought, well, maybe if someone else did that, some Gentile heathen somewhere, and then they could buy them. It seems to suggest that's not the case. So even if someone else kidnapped or something, it, it paints a scenario that talks about well, if you go by a person and they were an ill-gotten slave through kidnapping or force or some other means, you would try to buy the slave and be like, all right, slave, you want to go with me? And they could, I guess, be like, no, I don't want to do that. And then you, and they'd be like, I was kidnapped. I don't want to do that. And they'd be like, oh, well, I guess that's an illegitimate ownership and I can't buy you. So that seems, at a cursory inquiry, what the Talmud is suggesting. So I want to confirm that. But I may owe someone an apology. And um, anyways, all this, it took up the biggest part of the day. And I don't care at all about this other than, technically, it's our God doling out these laws. That's it. That's my only dog in this fight. If God's like, yes, make a slave of everyone on earth, ever, then I'd be like, yeah, God says make slaves. Deal with it. Sorry, bro. So my only interest is accuracy and what actually happened. So... Wow. If you didn't just hear everything now, get ready to hear it again. Now, there's a lot more nuance than that. So what else can you do? All right. Um, ask a Christian book available on Amazon to show you how to have civil debates and discussions with Christians and non-Christians, even though today is super contentious. Um, no one outright freaks out and screams and curses. So we're going to call that a win. Um, but it, it is pretty uh, glass walking, eggshell, tiptoey. Uh, you can also get some gear, some shirts, t-shirts, hats, whatever, from the Ask a Christian store. The link is in the description, and um, that will inspire conversations about Christianity. Walk around with a big cross on you saying, ask questions about Christianity. We've got answers. So, you know, read your Bible, know why you believe what you believe, and then you'll have some answers. It's not rocket science. It's just reading the Bible a little bit. Um, let's see. I think that's it. That covers our bases. So, enjoy this discussion. And um, I want to say more. I'm in a good mood now. After the first part of my day was frustrating. Well, that's it. Peace out. Take care. Go with God. Godspeed. Well, yeah, I saw it as like, what, exegetical apologetics or something. And I thought, oh, Chris is speaking. It's probably going to take him a while to get over here. <laughs> the opposite was true. Yeah. yeah I just... Every time I see your name, Chris Raw, that reminds me of Aaron Raw. Because, you know, <laughs> raw. So my have, favorite have, thing, and this was totally unintentional, is that there's some Hebrew Israelite that's like, you know, um, the Hebrew word for your name is evil. So it says Chris evil. I'm like, all right, I'm good with that. It's <laughs> also Aaron Ra.
Oh yeah, I remember he gets all touchy when you call him Aaron. He's like, it's boring. Yeah, my well, bad. Well, I, I mean, it's now. his name, you know. Like, it's fine. You know, I'm gonna go on a limb and say Raw is not his original last name. So I mean, you know. Well, Aaron is someone... gonna be his name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Aaron is his actual name. So. All right. Well, we've got a devil defender here. So. Well, you know, I don't know. I think calling people by their names is fine. Like, like I have a bunch of like odd names, and I'm an instructor for a class, and I have a bunch of odd names, and you know, you got to do Chris, your the best. Thing, the thing that happened in your last room is happening now. I'm not intentionally trying to call people by their last names. Anyone sees that is going to call them Aaron. It's just when people get touchy about it before they know, um, and there is like, it's Aaron. I'm like. Well, oh, no, only, you, you he only have... gets touchy when he only gets touchy about it when people like either intentionally or through negligence mispronounce his name. I've seen him in plenty of stuff, you know. Like I, I think he's pretty good when he's arguing for you know evolution. Like I don't believe in evolution, but you know I think he's fine arguing it. I guess you know. But when he gets into religion, like religion's just made up. Like sure, most religions, <laughs> but anyway, like, I think like is his. His arguments about around that are pretty silly. Well, speaking um, of misnaming, I got or, a question. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of misnaming or misgendering, the transgender uh, individual who shot up the Christian school yesterday. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that are confused. They're like, "Do we call? Do we call it a they? Do we call them a them? Do we call it a he? Do we call it a she?" Like these are people who make their whole political careers. On, you know, like going after people for, quote, dead naming and misgendering all these other people. And they're like, they're anti-trans, they're transphobe. And then when you have a transgender person shooting up a Christian school, um, you know, who knows the reasons? Um, do they hate Christians? Do they hate God? Apparently they went to school there. Do they blame their teachers for, I don't know, their confusion? Anyways, you see these people who, like, make a career off the backs of, you know, going after anti-trans bigot Is people. it based on transgenderism? Do we know I, that it, the trans person did it based on transgenderism? Hang on. We're one degree away from the point I'm making. Whenever you see these people put in that position, they screw up just as bad as anyone else because it's not a cut and dry topic. Just saying. Um, no, apparently there is a manifesto. And um, oh. the police chief, yes, yeah, a freaking manifesto. Like, okay, so I want to say on one hand, if, if I was going to do something like this, why would I make a manifesto? But then by the fact that I'm thinking, I wouldn't do a manifesto. Does that mean that's also why I'm not the kind of person that would like go shoot would you? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, because he's because not that's... the kind of person who would shoot up a school. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Chris. But he said if he did, he just said if he would do it, he wouldn't do a manifesto. So, like, why wouldn't you do right, a manifesto? Because that's because, because it's stupid. It's like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess the same, I guess it's got to be some mental like mental reasoning or rationale that would make the, someone shoot up a school is the same type of reasoning behind it that would make them write a manifesto. So I guess if you're not wanting to write manifestos, maybe it's the same sort of like personality markers that are also reasons why you're a decent, well-adjusted person and you're not going to shoot up a place. Because You don't you know that, me that I, well. I'm, I'm falsely equivalent. I mean, Mac, if you do it, then I, well, first of all, I'm going to be like, Mac, who's that guy? I never met him. Just kidding. Don't want to lie. <laughs> um, I'll be like, well, we prayed for him and hope the best. But no, I'm, I'm maybe correctly equivocating. If you don't have the need to write a manifesto, you're also not the type of personality that's going to go shoot up places. If you have the need to write manifestos, then, you know, watch out. <laughs> maybe maybe God ordered it a la Old Testament. Um, which brings me to my question. 
Um, so I have a I have a atheist friend, right? Well, sort of friend, and he, um, he told me that he would convert if there was a reliable, consistent, agreed upon method to discern what in the Bible was literal and what in the Bible was um, a story. For instance, he said, "Well, Genesis contradicts science." You know, and I would say, and I, you know, to that I just tell him, well, given that God describes what is true, you just have to go with that, you know. But he said, like, you have no mechanism by which, you know, these people say it's not literal. These people say it's literal. My my hermeneutic is to read it literally, unless it's spelled out that it's a story. Um, That's what I think too. But how do I? How do we ensure that that is actually the correct hermeneutic? Well, Chris has an answer for this. I'm so I glad. I want to say, first of all, in Romans, in Romans four, uh, Romans three, verse four, there's a quick thing that just came to the thought of my head when he was talking about if there was a consensus, like implying that all of humanity would agree. Um, you know, Paul has something to say, quasi related. You can you can relate that about like a manifesto and shooter. By no means. Uh, let God be true and everyone else be a liar. So just saying, consensus of man. Whatever, but go ahead. Yeah, but Chris, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make that doesn't make the book literal. It just means it's true. It doesn't mean no. That was my thought. Chris is going to give you the real answer now. No problem. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: is that the original biblical writers, like we're talking the prophets and Moses, etc., all these people, right? They had a consistent hermeneutic. And that is what we call the literal, historical, grammatical method. Um, this has been the way to read all literature for thousands of years up until the 20th century. The reason that you get a proliferation of different takes on different texts is because people have abandoned the literal, historical, grammatical method. It is not to say that there's been a monolith in history of people reading like that. People did tend to allegorize things like origin, etc., the medieval church. But for the most part, looking at who the biblical writers were, um, they used the literal, historical, grammatical method. Now, if you want a really good book about this, um, there is something called the hermeneutics of the biblical writers. I highly recommend it. I've read it. It's excellent. Um, and it tackles a lot of the questions that you may have about this particular subject. Thanks. I was just going to add that part to your friend. Here. What, Mac? No, I was just echoing his, um, endorsement of the book like i i'm glad you gave me a source yes i, I would definitely recommend your friend uh, read and that's yeah and that's kind of an overview source and then in the footnotes you're going to find you know more academic stuff this is more well it's a, it's a it is a, it's an academic textbook but i read a lot of textbooks i'm sorry um but the the footnotes will contain like the deeper theological reasons for a lot of this stuff written by like heavyweight theologians like Voss and um, a few others. And last question before I let you guys go. What do you think of Kent Hovind? I, not a as fan. with most people, 
know very little about him. Um, I know uh, what I mean. What I know is basically hearsay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you know objectively he's apparently in jail. I think in Florida, right, for tax evasion or ta- fraud or something. Not in jail. But then no. I, oh, he's out. He was in jail, right? He, he's out. Well, it was no. He was in jail for tax fraud for like ten years. Uh, but oh, you like you, Christians. Christians don't agree with taxes, right? They're Republicans, so they don't agree with taxes. So. Anyway, um, well, give but Caesar uh, Caesars. Christians are there you go. Um, He's a bit. Most Christians are Republicans. Uh, look at I, the polling. Well, look at. I mean, not in the world because most of the world doesn't have a political affiliation. In America, in America, okay. naturally. Um, uh, but uh, <clears throat> most Christians but, uh, are Republicans. Don't be like. Be honest. Look at the polling. Like you know, they went ninety percent for Trump in in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty sixteen. I'm going well, no, no, to have no, to agree no. well, with Mac on. here. Well, I, I don't want to disagree with him, but just for the caveat, uh, to shout out to Michael on the caveats, um, you've got a lot of people like, uh, you know, I think Louis Farrakhan would probably, is he in the Nation of Islam? Is that another guy? Anyways, like you've got, some really, you've got some really, well, uh, okay, so what is a Christian versus what you check on a box that says your religious affiliation? So we're not talking about what's a true Christian. We're talking about names on the box because we're talking about politi- political structure. Thank so there's, 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 plenty of, there's plenty of people who would check Christian on a box, but they are very not Republican. They are very even, uh, they, Demo- even they are outnumbered by the Republicans. Okay, I'm just pointing that out. Um, but the only other thing I know about Kent Hovind is the hearsay because I haven't checked into it because I really don't care that apparently he's a doctor because he set up a trailer or had something to do with like this trailer university. Yeah, he got his PhD from a from a double wide in in you know yeah. That's um, my full extent of Kent Hovind knowledge. Okay. Okay. So well, I, if you don't know anything, then then there you go. That's all, right. all you need to know. Wasn't he, wasn't he um, affiliated <laughs> with the Prophecy Club um, many years ago? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I'm so bad at this. Just ask me Bible questions, guys. Michael, the Canadian. <laughs> He believes in He's also he's dumb. Hey, what's also affiliated? About... He's also affiliated with the number 0645-2017. That was his prison number when he went to jail for nine years for tax evasion. He was charged with 52. I was innocent. I was he was charged with 52 charges of of tax shelter of, of uh, was it sheltering that or something like that? 37 charges, and I was innocent was on all of them. Yeah, he was found guilty on every single one of them. He he got his, as Max said, he got his PhD from a tricked out double wide in the desert called Patriot University. You can find his PhD Patriot dissertation. Patriot University. Written, I, yeah, I it's written in pencil. His PhD dissertation is written in pencil. It's on the internet. It, he Wait, is a joke. His education is, this, is a joke. He is a I charlatan. the Christians, Michael. Well, hang on. Don't over talk to each other. That's, that's bugging me to death. Michael, so would you, in yeah. the hierarchy of PhD um, authenticity or rigor, would would you still give the edge to Kent Hovind as far as academic scholarship over uh, St. Greta Thunberg's honorary doctorate in theology she just received? No, I'd say they're both fit to line the bottom of a birdcage, unless you earn your unless you earn your credentials. <laughs> Unless you earn your credentials from an accredited source, earn them like sit in class for that period of time. So, and you're and and speaking as someone who has done that work, and I know Mac has as well. Um, your your academic credentials are fit to line the bottom of a birdcage. Ken Hoven, there there's a lovely 
um, there, there was a lovely um, YouTube interaction between Kent Hovind and an actual PhD, uh, Dr. Dan, on, uh, on Praise IM's channel, and uh, Donnie from Standing for Truth moderated it. And do- do- Dr. Dan demonstrated with beautiful simplicity that Kent Hovind knows positively zero, nothing, absolutely diddly about the field he pro- professes to be an expert in. Is it evolution? And, uh, yes. Yeah, he, he, he can barely spell evolution, let alone define what it is. And th- this man, this man should not be taken seriously at all. But anyway, th- don't get me on a, on a bed. Kent, Kent was on our podcast about four years ago. Um, From prison? I, or was he out by then? No, he was out by then. Um, and uh, he wanted, all, all he wants to do is talk evolution. But I very specifically had an honor to talk about the, talk about the existence of God. But all he wanted to do was talk about evolution because that's his that's his shtick. Um, but I want to I want to say that I agree with something Chris said a minute ago. And then I, I should apologize first for just diving into the conversation. But I was I'm very emotional this morning. Um, uh, I agree with something Chris said, and I think uh, to you know the the literal, uh, grammatical, historical approach. And if we use that method, that's how we know the Bible is not a piece of work that should be taken seriously because in Genesis, uh, in Genesis, it says that God formed man from the dust of the ground. We know, we know with certainty, that's not how biology works. But but to your claim, well, I would, I would expect, I mean, I expect you, you to agree with what I'm about to say. And like you usually would, because there's no way around it, right? You can play the God card. And it's like, well, you're just saying that. But yeah, I mean, that that is a variable. So, I mean, you know, that is not how biology works. However, you know, much like talking, talking donkeys and talking servants, they don't have the correct vocal structure to pronounce, you know, words in English or Hebrew or whatever. But if there's a creator God that says, hey, I want you to talk supernaturally or however, or if, uh, you know, biology works the way that Michael knows it works, but in this one-off or two-off example, I'm going to form some people from the dust because I said so. Um, and then, you know, that's not so different than like secularists talking and they're like, um, you know, because we know like we're not made from from like stardust in the biological sense. I mean, our, our makeup is that. But it's, it's like I don't see why there's such a pushback because, you know, when you hear them talking, it's like straight up cult-like. Like, we are stardust. We are cosmic. We could have been in comets. And I'm like, oh, God, just get a religion. Um, anyway, so, like, in the spirit of that, I'd say it's not that far-fetched. Like, no, it's not how traditional bi- biology works the way we know it. But also, if there's a creator being um, that wants to do this, then sure. As a one-off here and there, he could do whatever he wants. Um, I would yeah, expect that well, to be something uh, yeah. you normally agree with. Well, yes, yes. In, in, my, in my normal, charitable way. Um, if you are prepared to accept that the God of the Bible is real, sure. In my less charitable way, that is unfortunately fallacious, and it's called begging the question. So, you know, I mean, so yes, in, in my typical charitable form, yes. If you, if you are prepared to accept that the God exists, then everything, every single solitary thing in the Bible is absolute child's play. If, if if the God is real, he can do as he pleases, so long as, I guess, and I think you would agree with this, it doesn't violate the laws of logic, right? He could make a squared circle, for example. Um, 
So, you know, I, I think that, you know, we can come to a, a, a point of agreement on that. But what's interesting is something that uh, so, and it, it kind of ties on to something that Max said. And I've only got a couple minutes left to chat, but we can chat more later. Um, and, and that is that what you're left with, unfortunately, taking tying on to something that Chris said, going from the, 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 the you know, the historical grammatical uh, viewpoint is you are forced to either beg the question that the God exists or left with the unenviable task of trying to lay out how it was you determined what was metaphorical, what was allegorical, and what was literal. Because there are certain points where there is no, where there's no, there's no leeway, right? Okay, yeah, you know, a man didn't live in the belly of a fish for three days. That, you know, we know that's just a story. And yeah, you know, we know that there were local floods. You know, it's called the Iraqi floodplain for a reason. We don't know but, that. But, but what I'm saying, but a dead Jew totally came back to life. And you have to have that. You have to take that as literal because without that, you don't have Christianity. Mm, my so question. anyway, my question sorry, is, I, I apologize well, for being a bit salty this morning. Well, well, can that I ask my a question. question? I, I want to... Well, I wanted to ask Michael real quick because he has limited time. Michael, what is the cause of your bad day? Like, I've not had a great day myself either. I threw my back out. I had to go to the UPS store. My day is not great, but but you you seem very in a, in a certain way. What has befallen you? Can we help? Oh no, no, no. It's just I. It, it's funny. I I think it's um. I've had I've had a few less than charitable conversations over the past couple of days, and it's uh. It has my Irish a little more up than normal. That's all. Oh, uh, what's up, Tippy? Um, I just wanted to ask Michael. Michael, have you actually read the Bible? Cover to cover, multiple times. <laughs> Did you understand it? Um, yes. Yes, I was. Okay. I was able to understand the, the words as as they were written. Yes. Okay. Um, is it logical for a virgin to have a baby? Well, so it actually, if you look, depends on what translation you look at, because uh, in the Greek, Alma simply means young woman, not virgin. Wrong. So it's it depends Hebrew, on... Okay, pardon me, Hebrew. Okay, I'm, like, we, we could bring we could bring my friend Josh Bowen on, who speaks both languages, yes. and he could have corrected me as well. Um, but but either one, like either way, right? That's that just it doesn't speak at all. And even if because it's... because we know that scientifically, parthenogenesis is not impossible. There are many animals. There are many animals that can do that. That speaks nothing to an individual's divinity. Sure. So, Zero. so, so humans can human versions can have children. Well, I, I, I think I was clear in what I just said, and that parthenogenesis in the animal kingdom. We are animals. Do you accept that we're animals? No, I don't. We're humans. Okay. Okay. Do you know? Do you know what an animal is? Yes, I do. <laughs> What's an animal? Well, it's not a human. Oh no! No, please, please, please define animal. Sure. It's a salty. It's, yeah, it's it's not a human. So my species okay. is human. <laughs> right. Like okay. Well, your species your species is homo your species is Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens. But an correct. animal, an animal is a multicellular eukaryote with an internal digestive tract. Right. That so, is so that is what we are. That's perfect. Um, I'm created in the image of God. An animal isn't. So that's the difference. Well, that well then 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 if if that were the case, um, then then God is an ape. Um, so are we. I would say no, we're not apes. In fact, if you well, look we, at we are. if you look into epigenetics, you'll see that we are nothing close to apes. Are you a biologist? To be fair, are either of you? 
I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't no, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. But un- unfortunately, unfortunately for, for people who kind of take this viewpoint, um, the, 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 the consensus, the overwhelming consensus of every single solitary branch of earth and life sciences independently all converge on the same conclusion. Appeal to okay. popularity we, fallacy. No, no, it's not an appeal of popularity. An appeal of popularity fallacy would only be fallacious if the if the people that I was uh, referring to were not experts in the field. For example, if I if I quote Bart Ehrman, Michael, we on had physics, bloodletting. We used to have bloodletting and and okay. flat earthism and and Mac, you know. Mac, I'm about to tell you how you're wrong. Okay, if I was referring to Bart Ehrman on physics. That would be fallacious. However, if I quote Bart Ehrman on history, that is not fallacious because he is an expert in that field. He okay? doesn't so acknowledge there's a, there's a no, 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 no. He doesn't acknowledge the divine source of the books that he specializes in. Therefore, I wouldn't take him very seriously as an expert in there either. It doesn't matter. So let's talk. Okay. So again, so let's say so. So if I quote Lawrence Krauss on history. That would be fallacious. But if I quote if I quote Lawrence Krauss on physics, that would not be fallacious because he's an expert. Are you going to say that now, Lawrence? Like, are you going to say now Lawrence Krauss doesn't know what he's talking about when he writes books on physics? I would because he doesn't acknowledge that the universe is young. <laughs> That's because the universe is evidently not young. Seth, evidently, I mean, generally, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, that... I mean, you know, experts can be wrong. Like, generally speaking, yes, I'll defer to education. However, I'm sure Krauss would be uh, Krauss would be like. You know, at one point, uh, you know, I wrote something and I was like, oh, oops. And people called me on it. And I'm like, I'm the authority. You're not. I mean, this sort of hypothetical, right? I don't mean to speak for him, but I am. Just an example. I'm sure experts have, you know, made made papers or written papers that pass the peer review process to a certain point, And then someone calls them out on it. And then someone else is like, um, no, no, they're an expert. You're not. You're so dumb. And then maybe the expert went back and read it. And they're like, oh, crap. Yes, I'm an expert. I just had a brain uh, a brain fart or something, and oops, uh, yeah, they were right. My bad. Yes, I'm an expert. I totally know this is wrong, but I, I I didn't catch it in time for the paper. So, oops. Just saying, like in the interest of yeah, no, like, absolutely, absolutely yeah. rough. And that's and that's how you get famous in science is by is by showing somebody else wrong. The difference is, the difference between science and the and the majority. I, I won't I won't use absolutes in this, but the majority of people who adhere to to religious traditions not only christianity but every one is that is is you will find mostly that when you when you show a scientist that they're wrong they will acknowledge that they were wrong and they will change things oh i want to say in the in the scientific spirit they would do that however that's just evidence of of scientists we have people who will not do that for any number of, you know, ill reasons. Like the ones that kill babies and say that they're not babies, like those types of scientists. Every time I say this, I'm going to be talking about COVID probably until I die. Because it's so in your face that no one can rightly dispute that. Like people who are the scientists who are supposed to like look at the data and we have the data like going wildly away from their predictions after they've got TV appearances and book deals and millions of dollars. And they are unwilling to retract what they said because of, of all these other ill reasons like fame, fortune, blah, 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 book deals um, in the face of irrefutable data. That's, oh, yeah, I, that's yeah, my go-to absolute, example for the end of time. Yeah, they're absolutely dishonest scientists. Yeah. They're absolutely dishonest scientists. On, on, but on yes, as sides. you say, the the pure scientific spirit 
sure, totally agree. And I would totally. say, as far as as far as religion, the religious spirit would also be that. Um, so, I mean, it would be a lot harder to to prove. Um, so scientifically, scientifically, can you point to um, a virgin that has ever conceived and bore a child? Scientifically, since we're animals, other than Mary. Uh, okay, so okay, so that's a loaded question because that 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 presumes the fact that Mary gave birth to a, uh, was a virgin and gave birth. She so did. that, well, no, that's what you believe. But Can but I, I would ask you, yeah. I would ask you, could you demonstrate that first? Could you demonstrate the truth of that first? Yes. Well, can I, I just talk about the truth of the story? God, real quick? God said it. Talked about. Yeah. And, and, and well, by the way, whenever you invoked. Uh, uh, Josh Bowen down there, peace be upon him. I don't know if you saw him or if he came in because you said his name so many times, but he is here now just in case you wanted him <laughs> to read the Greek or Hebrew for you. But uh, no, so whenever you were talking about like, you know, it, some translations, that just means young woman. Well, that's irrelevant because if you look at the rest of the story, it doesn't matter if it's young, uh, you know, young woman or, or she's going to have to have intercourse to have this baby or whatever, but it's specifically, um, you know, the rest of the story, I think, sheds light on that where it talks about, you know, um, it's not going to be from her earthly father. So I guess depending if you're talking about she was a virgin from the beginning or, um, you know, she had to have intercourse for the birth of this Christ child, I would say the rest of the story would kind of uh, illuminate further the young woman stance. Yeah, then, it's yeah, I mean, if someone, a sign yeah. from God and, and the um, Alama is referring to a specific type of woman who is a virgin. Uh, whenever that word Alama is used, it's used in context of a virgin for a woman, a young maiden who is of marriageable age that is a virgin. Yeah, I, I would defer to experts in the field on language because that's not me. Um, but unfortunately, I have reached a point where I have to go uh, into a series of stuff today. So I will try to come back. Um, but uh, Tippy, please don't uh, please don't take my leaving as any type of uh, avoidance. Nate knows. I no, never. That. I will. Yeah. I, I will come back if I can, uh, and if uh, and if not, then uh, I I promise when I'll come back when I when I come back tomorrow, I'll uh, I'll be in a better mood. How about that? God bless you, Michael. <laughs> well, welcome back if you make it back. And and Chris, you All came right. here for re you came here for peaceful refuge from your other room. Um, are you are you just like biting your nails the quick, or is this the peace you were looking? Is this more peaceful than where you came from? Uh oh, Chris checked out. He's right. Hey, good morning, everyone. What's up, Sean? Hey, whoa! What, what a, what a, what a way to start this off. I just got through teaching from um, Galatians four through six. Just finished up the book of Galatians teaching today, but uh, I'm I'm really interested in uh, how is it that a lot of the scientists of the of the eighteen hundreds. Uh, like Dr. George Washington Carver was fully Christian and he didn't believe in no theory of evolution which <laughs> which, which is a trip to me this man speaking my language <laughs> I lived about four miles from where uh, George Washington Carver lived growing up and like I said I, I, think, I think, <laughs> I think of Dr. Dr. Carver's and all his work and, and things that he said uh, about his faith and the things that he did in agricultural science are phenomenal. Um, I like peanuts. It wasn't only the peanut. That's the thing. It wasn't only the peanut. It was, he, he, he did some things uh, 
uh, he was like an innovator in his time about yeah, he, irrigation and things of that of that nature. Did uh, he have when, something to do with the elevator too, or something, or was that not? Mm, no, no, it wasn't that. Um, no, his. Oh, got a call. I mean, gee, when this day started, I wanted to talk about the transgender shooter shooting up the school and well, that, uh, everyone. To me, that's, what, that, about, that, that's uh, a shame. That's a shame. Anytime, uh, anytime children are involved, and you shoot up a school, and this, and you shoot up some children who haven't really even began to really live their lives. And I also uh, wanted to see what people thought about Black China's born again experience. If anyone saw that in the headlines. And I, I, I didn't see Black, Black China about Black China. If, if it's true, praise God. <laughs> you know. Um, and I hope it is. Um, but as far as this this murderer, the same thing I'm, I'm looking at just last year, we saw this same thing hope down in Texas. And that was a horrible thing. Uh, we that uh, we've seen countless Columbine and all these other places that children have been killed, and they don't get a chance to live out their lives, have children uh, get uh, and sharpen their creative mind. To me, that is sick. You do that to a a, a, a child, that's sick. You're sick. I don't care what the school. You know the children. You got a you had a problem with the school. You didn't have a problem with the children. To me, that's just sick. And I can't make it no plainer than that. What was the motivation behind that? Did they say, uh, Brother Nate? I don't think they said yet. We're still waiting no for them to release yet. the manifesto because, of course, there's a manifesto. So they they think it. I mean, the the chief. I guess it was the chief or whatever, the head of the police that was giving his press conference yesterday did say uh, that he thinks it could have something to do with the transgender topic surrounding that, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, they everyone's waiting on the actual manifesto to be released. Funny you say that. I just saw a clip of a 11-year-old um, reading a book that he found in the very front entrance of his library detailing an explicit encounter between uh, two males um, performing oral sex and all other kind of mess and it being in the front of their library and him and his father was there at a uh, school board meeting trying to uh, protest against such material being in the elementary school. I, I think I saw that. Was it... Um... I think I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it was like the, the dad and the son were like on an interview and, and he was talking about that. Oh, was it the one, the, the kid was like, or th this one was like the kid said he went in the library and he like saw this and was like, oh my gosh. Yes. And he checked it out to show his dad how messed up it was in the library and was all like eager and like, oh, do you want more? We have a whole yes. section about this. Do you want more books? Yes. He's like, no, this is messed up. I'm going to show my dad. And she's like, oh. That's, that's the one. <laughs> that's so crazy. What's up, Keegan? Do you have anything to uh, say about this or anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, when we we were talking about evolution at one point, and you know, I've I I mean, I've done in like my independent research about evolution, and like, you know, I believe that there can be a lot of forms of like adaptation in nature, of course, 
But when it comes to evolution, I think that I just, I get to, I get boggled down by like, when you accept evolution, then you end up having to accept the Stephen Hawking's theory of, you know, nothing come or everything comes from nothing. And that's a, that's a, a, a theory that I just, there's not, again, I mean, there's not enough evidence, just like a lot of, of course, scientific theories, but um, yeah, when we talk about evolution, I think at the end of the day, you have to, then you have to accept the fact that the nothing, you know, everything came from nothing. And, you know, what is that nothing? Where does that nothing come from? It's just, you know, there's just, it's just theories in my opinion. And then I know that we've kind of off topic of that, but that was from earlier. On. I mean, I don't, I don't like stuff that like takes away, like gets off in the weeds because it's never going to end. There's so much data. It's like, you know, people get their doctorates in this. Like, are we going to be able to do that in a 30 minute discussion, fighting and yelling at each other? No. So it's like, why bother? It's like for the, for the Christian, it's, it's really a non-issue. Like, look, did God have, did God make a literal couple of human beings and put a soul in them? That's really it. Like, no one's going to prove that. Science isn't going to speak to that. So if that happened, great. God, God can be just fine. Christianity is just fine. Um, everything else, the evolutionists can do whatever they want. Um, so, so there's really no dispute on that. It's whenever people act like they know stuff and start talking about it and it gets in the, in the minutia. That's like, I keep thinking of like, ever since I heard the point, it was like Levian Satanism. Like one of his tenets or one of his like mantras was get people. So the goal of his Satan, Satan view, Satanism view was to get people so distracted and off whatever the main topic was in this case, Christ off in the weeds and minutia to just distract and delude them. So they're talking about a bunch of just nothing. While the main point that the Christian wants to appeal to is Christ and him crucified. They're never going to get to that talking about half-lives of RNA. Um, anyways, Hollywood, what's up, Hollywood? Hollywood has the earth opened and sucked you in. You turned into a man. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. Are you waging war in hey, chat? Hello. Good morning, good night, good afternoon to everybody What's here. up? Good, good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just away from my phone when you um, spoke. What's on your mind? Question, comment? No, not much. Just listening in. Um, maybe if I listen to something that interests me, maybe uh, I'll have a comment. Back to you now. Oh, Evangel, what's up, Evangel? Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on, folks? Oh, another day? Knowledge. So what's up? What else is going on with you? Yeah, I was actually listening to the um, portion on, on the shooter situation. Um, you know, watching the media outlets, it's I notice how, you know, people are taking advantage of the moment to push their political agendas <clears throat> and some of it's completely silenced because it goes against one of the narratives that they're trying to push um, as far as that's concerned. So, you know, just like any of these events, you know, usually Fox and, you know, they make sure they highlight the portion of, you know, the, uh, you know, transgender or whatever situation, which is fine. You know, I don't stand with that anyways, but, you know, but it's always an opportunity, you know, I guess to prove a point, but it's it usually is. less, usually less say, about the situation. Well, I don't know if we can say less about the situation. Like I've seen plenty of people all teary eyed from the same sources. Uh, anyways, but, um, I mean, yeah, people, you know, we're usually saying, leave politics out of it until blah, blah, blah. But then no one ever does. Um, welcome back, Tippy. But 
I, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning because it's like, you know, when you have, you know, an overwhelming majority of like the news media reporting on every single thing, like a Christian holds a picket sign, someone saying they're a Christian holds a picket sign. And if they're white, oh my God, end of days. And they're really just pushing this narrative for no good reason. I mean, I mean I'm sure they have the reason. I'm sure they have an agenda. But then if there's anyone that doesn't fit that description, it's crickets. Um, so it's like, you know, the minority media should, I mean, in a perfect world, everyone would be reporting on everything just the same. But for some sense of fairness um, and accuracy, it, it falls to the small minority news media to report on, you know, the actual things that aren't straight white male Christian problems because um, no one else will. So, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that not everyone can just be like, hey, this bad stuff happened today. Here's the person. Here's their background. Here's what they were. Um, but because there's such bias and such agenda-driven reasons behind it, that is the way it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily totally against that. Because um, I mean, if you have the opportunity to push back against a particular narrative using a situation, you know, I mean, I'm not saying not to. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just only stating <laughs> the facts of what's actually happened. So I'm not always against it. Because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that point is also you know being brought forth because. You know, there's there's a lot of misconceptions being pushed by the other side to say that it's something totally different. Like during during 2020, 2021, I, I didn't really I never really bought into the narrative that was being pushed, especially. And that's why I was always the oddball, especially when it came to the issues of politics, because I'm like something ain't right about this Black Lives Matter situation. You know, and I you know, also paid attention to a lot of things following that and associating uh, associated with that. And I'm like, you know, something is is not right in the way that um, these images are being portrayed, especially towards police officers and so on and so forth. I mean, in every profession, you're always going to have a bad crop or or something that's you know not good. But they were they were deliberately um, um, conscruing the 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 evidence. This is you know the statistical evidence concerning you know you know police or whatever the situation in order to be able to push a narrative that wasn't consistent with the facts and i and i peep you know i peep game on that early along and i became the enemy of the state <laughs> with family members and everybody else and i'm like telling you like y'all y'all better pay attention and look at the details and just stop buying everything that the media outlets especially when the media, majority of the media outlets are, are owned by a you know a specific group of thinkers, I guess you could say, um, that's trying to push a particular narrative. So majority of the things you're going to see coming out there, it's going to seem real because, you know, you're stuck in this little echo chamber, I guess. But yeah, you know, I'm rambling. But yeah. Well, it turns out you're in good company. It's funny. One of the, um, uh, what was I going to say? I forget what I was going to say. Anyways, Tippy, you have any thoughts on this since you're back? Welcome back. I'm sorry. Are you guys talking to me? Um, no, the other tippy. Okay, I'm sorry. I, do, I wasn't listening because I have uh, five puppies I'm trying to take care of. So give me like <laughs> 10 minutes. Just asking if you wanted to say anything. The, the only thing I wanted to say was um, to the to the unbeliever, Michael, but he left. Um, you know, he read the he read the Bible cover to cover and 100 percent absolutely understood it. I'm calling BS on, but no, I'm I, I'll I'll pop in in a minute. Tippy, are you sure, a sure. are you a dog breeder? 
Why are you taking care of five puppies? Um, a friend of mine has a rescue. Um, so these are our rescue dogs. I, I, uh, my dog is a rescue. I have two dogs that are rescues, and um, they're kind of the whoops puppies, is what they're called, <laughs> because the female rescue that I got got pregnant from my dog. So now I have these little puppies, and it's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, these dogs are going to the rescue uh, to kind of help just support the the rescues. She doesn't make any money off of this. She spends a lot of money um, rescuing these dogs from Puerto Rico. And then uh, she brings them over here and adopts them out. So these puppies are actually going to make her some... Um, like everybody knows, they're not the rescues, but, uh, the mom and the dad are rescues. So I have five puppies. <laughs> What's up, teacher? How's your day going? Hi there. I was just checking out whether there's anyone else that is either following me or I'm following back. I can't, I, I just followed you, Tippy, a baby Christian here, guys in the making, not in the making, but in the grooming. <laughs> um, ask a Christian. Um, yeah, especially at the beginning, you have a lot of questions, right? But I wanted to share um, something that I've uh, observed, because at the beginning, and if you're a convert, you do a lot of reading and, and especially listening. And Clubhouse gave me that opportunity. So um, during the pandemic, I had my doubts, and it became stronger a couple of months ago. Um, and due to Clubhouse, you enter rooms, you pick up on stuff. And the first time I became angry was because I was in a room and a, a, a Muslim came in and they asked him a question, which I couldn't answer. And it was the way he reacted evasively and, you know, but... and. He referred back to the Quran, but come on, these people are refuting Quran. You got to come up with something better, right? So that 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 kind of like got my head going, and um, I started entering. And I, I I was I was very lucky. I came in the Christian room. I immediately felt peaceful, um, appreciated. Of course, the first thing they asked was, "Are you Muslim?" <laughs> Um, which I found uh, very difficult to answer because I was like, oh my God, is that gonna, because I'm born and raised in Holland and we do not, we're all the same, right? I, I was brought up in a church and, and around the church and in Christian schools and um, minor way culturally exposed to Islam. But anyway, what I have seen Maybe this has been going on for many years, but I'm a newbie on Clubhouse, is that you have groups, and my offspring is Turkish, so you have a group of Turkish people in which you have the atheist and the theists. Then you have a group who are both Muslim, in their terms, whatever that may mean, because Muslim started in the 16th century, before that was a salama, like Jesus said, right? Um, anyway, these two uh, Muslims 
I mean, they uh, they really start swearing because a verse is in a way it should be this way. They start talking about hadith, and I'm like, wait a minute, and then you start seeing stuff like, right? Wait a minute, if you can't prove it, if it's so illogical or so biased, how can you then refer to a either more non authentic resources so i saw the lack of um how do you say that um rationale so they're not using the frontal lobe so those groups and then the renaissance 20 year olds students who have seen the light of comparing the bible to the quran so they are well read in the bible and I listen to that, and I see, you hear a Muslim say, yeah, Matthew 20, da, da, da. And for so me, it was... So your question between, like, Christians so my, and Muslims? Or what's sorry? your question? What, so what's so your... Uh, what I'm getting at is, uh, there is a there is an enormous amount of access to rooms, which I appreciate. But as, an, as a, a, a new beginner, right, you want to feel, I want to feel this, the, the love... And I'm not saying that everyone is doing that, but um, the Christian to Christian getting in a fight uh, or, or a dispute, um, that I wanted to ask, how is that possible? The texts are clear. Well, because uh, as the Bible says, I don't know how familiar you are with it being new, you said, but the Bible talks a lot about this. and. The answer is it's not a problem with God. It's a problem with the human heart. It's a problem with people. So the whole point about Christianity is we're spiritually dead, and we need Christ to forgive our sins and make us spiritually alive in these new creations. However, we're not going to be perfect. Christ was the only one that was ever perfect, and we are not. So we should be more and more Christ-like, and we should be more and more peaceable and more and more, you know, the spirit of Christ. But until the day we die and are, you know, with our Lord and Savior— we're going to have our own desires, our own wills. Uh, you know, people will still be selfish. People will have these temptations and struggles. And, you know, the Bible talks about whenever we have these problems, don't blame God. Don't say God's doing this. It, if we give in to our temptations and are unchristian-like or are fighting and backbiting and arguing over scriptures, it's because of our own will, our own desires. So basically, we don't get our way. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot about this and says, look, our, my brothers, this should not be. And it says the world will know that you're, you're my disciples, Christ's disciples, by the love you have for each other. And it talks about, you know, don't get hung up on words, um, you know, on words and genealogies and like foolish like things, like we would say like secondary and tertiary issues Philosophy. and fight about that and fight about that because it, it's cancerous. Like it, it calls it cancer. It says it's cancerous and only serves to destroy and ruin those who listen. So whenever whenever people like like you're suggesting say, how can you guys, you know, be, be Christians and have all this fighting? Christ and the Bible say exactly the same thing. But the answer is the fallen nature of man and how we all should be aspiring to live peaceably with all men and live Christ-like. Unfortunately, saying it and putting it into practice is two different things, and it takes a lifetime of work. And, you know, some people may have an easier time of getting along with people and not fighting over certain things, but then they may have problems in other areas, like, I don't know, road rage. So, you know, unfortunately, on Clubhouse, when all people do is talk, you're going to get a lot of personalities that want to talk more than listen. So if you already have a bunch of people whose personality is to speak and talk and let their view be known, then the chances of them butting heads with other people here for the exact same reason 
are just going to be increased. So if you take Christianity as a whole, you're going to see a lot less of this, like in your average church and congregation, compared to what you see on a Christian forum where all people do is talk. That's my answer. It's so true. it shouldn't be that totally way. Totally nailed it. You totally nailed it. True that. Absolutely true. I don't see that. I mean, we have a church now, and there's nothing like that. Uh, it, it is. It is indeed something for Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse. I think that you know it's anonymous, and you have all these uh, so-called um, um, literate men. Or and here, here they can become. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Thank you very much. And it wasn't an accusation or anything, um, but um, sometimes it just just an advice. There are more listeners, maybe thinking about you know converting. Never forget that I was one of those people for months listening downstairs as a Muslim. And I would say, I mean, you know, on depending if someone is being charitable or not. Um, this demonstrates the need for the need for Christianity, how even Christians, even the disciples of Christ, those closest to him, his, his, the 12 disciples, you know, the original ones, like if anything demonstrates a need for why we need Christ and why we can't make ourselves perfect. Look at look at all the Christians, look at all the, the disciples, the apostles. They still had their own issues. So even they being right next to Christ couldn't make themselves perfect. They still needed Christ to save them. So, you know, I would say it's definitely, um, definitely should be desired to be peaceful and be cordial and all these things with people. Um, but that shouldn't be a reason someone follows a religion or not, uh, because that would be missing the whole point. And a reasonable person would see that. But so many people just looking from the outside in would think, well, they fight just like us. Why would I want to be like them? That's a great point. And if they really know the answer, it's because all of us fighting, even as Christians, uh, we trust God to save us. But we still fight. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, no matter how close to God you are, um, we need Jesus. We can't save ourselves. So uh, Christians are some of the, you know, some some people say Christians are the biggest reason why I'm not religious. On the other hand, if they looked at that, I believe the way the Bible paints the picture, Christians are the biggest reasons why we need Jesus. Like, even these people who are closest to Jesus still are fallen and failed and need help of their Savior. So um, anyways, I would say that would be a selling point for why we should follow God and we should not look for Christians. Like, you know, we we should look for Christians and see how their life lines up to Christ. We're told to emulate him. But every time you see someone not following Christ and not emulating Christ, that's one more reason why we shouldn't be looking to man. We should be looking to God. Nate, are you saying that there are sinners in the church? Yeah, there's no escaping it. People are going to sin <laughs> from now until the time they die. And the idea is it will be less and less and less because as we follow Christ, we're told we have a new heart. We have a new, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. So we will get progressively better and better and better, but we cannot escape sin totally, not while we still have our flesh that we contend with. And when you mean save us from when you mean to be saved, save us from what? Jesus talks a lot. So salvation, like not to get not to give you a lecture, but quickly, like salvation, the word being saved that Jesus talks about salvation, it has like five, five meanings. And four of them have to do with like this earth here and now. It's like um, being, being content, being happy with what you have, um, like provision, not, not wealth, not prosperity, but like, you know, provision, like being content with what you have, like, so things like that. But the, whenever people, Christians talk about salvation, they really focus on the fifth meaning, which is this eternal sense. Like when Jesus says, He'll give you eternal life. It's for this spiritual world after this life. 
So whenever someone says salvation, there are multiple meanings, but typically for the Christian, we're talking about the thing that's going to last because in a hundred years, we're all going to be dead here. So material, material things and contentment and stuff on this life, um, they're fleeting and they're faint and they're passing. So that's what it means. Like when Jesus says, if you believe in me, repent, believe the gospel, follow me, and I'll give you this water of eternal life. You'll be born again and I will, you will live forever. That's what it means. So be reunited with our creator, um, not on God's bad side, on God's good side, living in this heavenly place that we, you know, we call heaven forever for eternity. That's what salvation means when Christians typically talk about it. And but Jesus it, says, for that, really all you got to do. Huh? If you really love, you don't do it in, in a waiting of, a, you know, a better life in the hereafter. Um, I, I had the same issue in, uh, in in Islam, right? I need to do this, otherwise I cannot. Uh, but what I like about uh, Christians is not the ones who say, I'm not going to do anything, I'm saved anyway, right? Go off the path. But um, uh, being able to, to have that close communication, it's 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 a God that is, is, is closer, um, approachable, but um, uh, this is my third language. Please go on. I'll, I'll write it in the chat. Formulate it better, my question, and then write it in the chat. Sure. Uh, let me know when you do it, and I'll read it. But, I mean, if we're talking about, like, you don't have to wait until the end, um, then, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, Jesus talks about here uh, where, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, you know, he's there. He's in their midst. Like, we believe God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And the Bible tells us that. It makes the claim that, you know, Jesus created all things and through him, all things are sustained. So literally, if Jesus would not be somewhere, that thing would not exist. So we believe that. And yes, we believe God is here and now with us. That's the point of prayer. That's the point of reading our Bible. We believe, you know, God gave us the scripture for eternal communication. So we don't need it updated. We don't need like a patch. We don't need to go to the app store and get an update on the scripture. Like what God has is eternal. And that's how the Christian can, you know, read the same verse their entire life and continue to pull like different inspiration and different meanings out of it. Not like misinterpreting, but just like different ways of thinking about it and how, how to apply it to their life or whatever, or biblical principles. And it's like always changing. It's always new information. Um, so yes, we believe God is very communicable to and with here and now, but uh, Hollywood, does that answer your question as far as the, the ultimate goal of Christianity is we are eternal beings and we're going to spend, we're going to exist eternally somewhere and the whole point of jesus is he wants us to exist eternally with him in this heavenly great place that's the whole yeah, point ultimately uh, yeah i understand but i'm trying to think it in 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 the sense of time so you got an you're going to live eternally you know this is what the tenets of christianity tell you is that you're going to be living forever but why such a concentration on this mortal life which is so short compared to eternity like are you guys looking for death because that will give you the eternal life that has been promised or so why is such a concentration of doing something good for let's say if, compared to eternity it will be like a day here and earth i don't really understand can, can, can i uh well your tenant your tenants is to 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 get saved to do all these things while you're on earth, but you got eternity to, to look after. Like you, you, you're going to be eternal 
you have eternity to look after. So why such a concentration on this time that you have here? Well, yeah, I'd say like I, I like the the reason I'm a little confused is because you're saying why this concentration on doing stuff, doing all these things here. And I'd say, well, from my perspective, it's not all these things. Like the only thing we really need to do is be reconciled to our creator here on earth and be spiritually reborn. And then we have to continue living. I mean, you know, Christians aren't looking for death. So it's like, well, if we're going to live, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, whatever, well, we've got to do something. So why don't we do something good? Like, you know, our creator tells us to do. So if we believe in Jesus, he says, well, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, which is generally things that secular atheists, humanists can agree with. Like, don't murder, don't rob, don't cheat, don't kill. Like, you know, you don't even need a God to tell you this. Well, yeah. So I'd say that, I mean, so I'd say it's not like we're trying to focus on this so much. It's just like, we have to continue living. So what are we going to do? Go like rob banks and shoot people? Well, of course not. So we just focus on doing what Christ did. Yeah, but even if you don't, um, that doesn't mean you live a, a moral life on earth. I mean, you could do that without having to do, um, to believe in these things, to well, yeah. to be able but, to have a moral life. Sure, you don't need God to have a moral life. I mean, I mean, I believe that you know the only way anyone could do anything moral at all is because they're created in the image of God, whether they acknowledge it or not. Um, but that's that's just my claim. No one can prove or disprove that. That's that's what I believe based on the Bible, though. Um, but I would say, yeah, you don't need the belief in a God or a religion to do the to espouse this to do good moral things. Um, however, the thing, the only thing, like when you said, why are you focused on all these things? Based on what you said now, I'd say the only thing you need to be focused on is being born again, like being spiritually reborn, because you're going to live eternally. So get this one thing right. And then you can pretty much mess up everything else. So so that's it. Like instead of all these things, be born again like Jesus says, and then everything else will just work itself out. But but think about the tenets of that, right? Because you, this is not the only religion to claim there is a savior and eternal life after death. Well, sure. But think about the absurd. Yeah, not, of course. Not really, because it's not even a choice. It's just basically there has to be good evidence that this is actually a thing. First of all, it is like, it's good evidence that this is something that you need to follow, that this is going to be something in reality. You can do your entire life without having to, to worry about these things. And that will be it. I mean, that's the way that I live my life. You would be a hypocrite. Well, unless <laughs> you'd be a hypocrite. Well, before Jesus. Go ahead, Tippy. Okay, well, if you can hear us, Tippy, we don't hear you. Um, chime, chime back in whenever you want. But I would say, b- besides where Rashiva's going, I would say unless one of these religions, in this case, I believe Christianity, is correct, and then you're like, well, I've lived a good moral life, so then we'll see what happens afterwards. Well, per Christianity, um, which I believe is accurate, then if you live a decent human existence and you die being the spiritually dead person, then you're not going to live with your creator forever. And the only other place is, you know, we're told this place that was created for the devil and his fallen angels. So that would be really bad. Can you hear and me? Then, you know, any, if, so now yeah, we I do understand. You now. So, okay. And then so, if like any, yeah. And then if any so, other religion was right, like, you know, if Hinduism is right, you'll come back as a banana slog. If, uh, you know, Islam is right, <laughs> you'll go to whatever hell they have. 
Yeah, but now, now I understand it. So if you don't follow these tenets, as if you don't follow uh, these particular teachings, the result will be that you will be there will be some type of punishment at the end of the of this road if you um, don't do the what is correct. Is that what I'm getting? Well, in in this case, what is correct is all centered. It, it's not about good and bad. It's a it's about versus death versus life. So there is a morality to it, which we shouldn't need a God for. We should just be decent moral humans by secular standards. So there is a morality to it, but that that's secondary. Like the primary thing is, the, per the Bible, we're told we are born, we are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead people can't do anything. So like whether spiritually dead people do good moral stuff in this life, that counts for nothing because you're spiritually dead. You're spiritually, I mean, dead. There's no other way to say it. So the whole point is being born again, like Jesus says, repent, stuff you know you shouldn't be doing, stop it, turn around, go the other way, do what's right, and believe the gospel. Which Jesus says the gospel is you must be born again, pray to this deity that says this, that's recorded in the Bible, Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm willing to exercise faith. If you are who you say you are, I, you know, I'm happy. I will repent. I will follow you. Make me born again. Give me this eternal life you talk about. Make me spiritually alive. That's it. So it's not all these tenets and all these things. It's going from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. At that point, you're good. Um, everything. And then it's like, well, I, what's the mystery of life? That's it. So once you're born again, like Jesus says, by exercising a, fall, a small amount of faith, it's not like you have to do all these strenuous tasks or the 12 labors of Hercules or pay a certain amount of money or do rituals. You just say a prayer from your heart. And if you have the capacity through faith to believe, that Jesus is death, burial, resurrection, he is the creator God, and died for your sins to reconcile you to himself, then congratulations, you're spiritually alive. Now live the rest of your life just as you would a good moral way. Read the Bible, learn about Jesus, emulate him. I think uh, uh, personally a better explanation that makes more sense to me concerning salvation is not just saving you from something, um, but it's a restoration of all things. Um, I, I don't I don't believe that God created these heavens and these earths um, to not fulfill the the task that He in, in initially intended for it in the first place, like even you know before the Adam's fall. Um, you see, I, I I I see this concept where you know we die and we go to heaven for eternity in a more of a metaphysical sense than you know than being eternally with God. Um, uh, itself um, being promoted, but it doesn't comport with some other idea of the scripture where it talks about the resurrection. I mean, what's the point of being physically resurrection if you're just going to go to a, um, some type of metaphysical realm and exist forever and abandon the earth itself that the body was actually you know, uh, built for? Um, you know, the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. There's some con conceptual things that's, that's happening throughout Scripture. Well, it also says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Right, but it, it depends on how you interpret those passages as well. Because um, the idea could also communicate that this present age of things uh, will pass away because it's all restored and we'll have a new heavens and a new earth. In other words, everything is back everything is what it should be initially it's new to us but not new to his original intent of what god originally intended for us 
So it, it can be looked at the other way because when you when you you have to still deal with those passages that deal with the the physical resurrection or you know God dealing with death you know and so on and so forth and you you know being the first fruit you know things of of that particular nature. It's just it it seems more like um look like I was looking more into it you know um it's more of uh, Platonic ideas maybe at the time when when the gospel was being communicated to the Greeks. It had to be done in a way that they would understand it. So some some things may seem have been uh, may have been lost in the understanding of um, how the scriptures would actually comport. But it's just it's just the I I understand the concern um, um Hollywood. I maybe I'm, I'm misrepresenting what he was actually trying to commun- or wanted to get an answer for. But it does. You make said this is a less confusing way. It's not <laughs> less confusing, but I don't I don't understand how God creates this earth to be inhabited. Then man falls, and then we just destroy the earth, and we go live in the heavenly realm. That makes no well, sense to me. Well, at that point, that's like kind of the I I I don't want to say minutia; it's important. But I mean, at that point, like when we're talking about salvation, that's like interpreting what happens, you know, after after we die. So it's like for someone that's still questioning whether or not there's a God or Christianity is right, it's like, well, they're not even settled on the Christian God being correct. So who cares? Like you know, in, in like after like post eschatology, like. You know, are is are we gonna re-inhabit this earth in a spiritual sense, in a metaphysical, in a hybrid metaphysical sense? Um, are we gonna live in a different plane, a different dimension? Like for someone that doesn't even know if the Christian God is real, what are we doing? <laughs> like that's that's going like no, that's that's there, a different idea though. Um, I'm well, not, hang on, I'm Tippy not. was in the middle of speaking and then she got cut off like Go ten minutes ago. I just wanted to check back in with her. Oh, um, I just wanted to say that the the reason why we we love people and we do good things. Um, is because number one, we're already, we're already loved first. So we're, we're not earning anything. We already have salvation. So, um, it's like when you have an excess amount of love, you want to share that love. Also, we can't just not love other people. Um, that would us be, that we're doing good. That would us be being hypocrites. Um, the Bible says that not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do my Father's will. That's what Jesus says. So we should be doing the will of the Father, which is trying to get, you know, the will, the Father's will is that everyone be saved. Uh, Hollywood, you're back. You took off for a while. Did you have internet troubles? No, I was here. I was just listening. I didn't want to interrupt none of you guys. You had um, a few things Oh, I thought I saw you. I thought I saw Oh, I, I thought your PTR blinked out for a while. Maybe I'm having any oh, internet it, issues. It might, it might have. Oh, well, been, do you have a, well, do you have a follow-up to any of this then? Um, I guess you've been here the whole time, and I haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to convince anybody of any – I mean, uh, my, my father's a Christian. I love my father to death. I mean, he's a great person. Um um, it does great for him. Um, it's just, it's, it's not my thing. I, I couldn't, I, 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 I don't want to, because I, I, I understand how this works in a certain way where people have, um, their certain beliefs, but, um, like, I mean, I'm not here to discredit and I'm pretty sure it brings joy. It brings happiness. It, people feel great, um, doing this, but, um, for me, I try to be the best, human possible with my um, people I mean with people surrounding me I'm of course I'm I'm a man with many faults but um, I don't believe in the tenets of Christianity I don't believe there's a like a divine book that tells us how to um, 
how to do life. And then at the end, if we do something wrong, we'll end up in spiritual. I think I'm very straight line. I think this is it. Uh, I mean, I have my own ways. I think, you know, this is life. This is what it is. Um, I'll live this life and it will end at one time. You know, at one time I wasn't alive where before I was born, I came to life and I will return back to where I was. And it's not a sad thing. It doesn't make me angry. It doesn't make me sad, but it just makes me um, understand that this is my journey, that I have to um, be around these people that I love. I have been very fortunate to have a really nice life to live um, and try to do as best as I can as a human being. But um, I mean, religion has no no footing in my life. Not that I'm angry at it or anything or trying to stop anybody from doing it. Um, how- sure. And I mean, you know, in the interest of never saying never, uh, never say never, we don't know the future. And I think people have a religion, you know, or non-religion for different reasons. Some people maybe it makes them feel a certain way. You know, for me, I, I really just think it's accurate. I mean, if I thought something else was more accurate, that's what I'd do um, or believe or not believe. But I, for me, I, I really, my personal existence tells me uh, that I, I, I believe Christianity is the closest representation to what is accurate. Uh, that's why I'm a believer. Uh, Tippy, what? Um, I just wanted to standard of best. Uh, did she cut out for anyone else? Yeah, she cut out for me. I think she uh, had a question. But yeah, I, I, I only I, can you hear me? Much. Can you hear me okay? I don't know why. Uh, yes. Okay. I said, he said he wants to live his best life. So I was wondering, what is your standard of best? Oh, standard of best. It's, um, hmm. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, a standard of best is just treating people the way they want to be treated. I mean, um, platinum rule. I think so, something like that. I, I, I mean, there is no absolute thing. There's not like a ruling. I mean, I try to be as best as I can. I mean, just ask people how they want it to be treated. Um, um, peep, peep, uh, you know, treat people with respect. I mean, but like I said, I think we're here for a very short period of time. I mean, having discussions, I'm getting all blue and black of trying to convince people about things and stuff like that. It's not my way. Um, yeah. um, I just see it as a short journey. And, um, and I just try to be the best human possible. Uh, for many reasons, I have evolved to think in different things that are um, uh, try to do less harm to people. Um, having a journey through life without harming others is what you know, not causing pain as much as I possibly can. Well, what is the um, standard? What is the standard of the best human? Like something that I doesn't mean, change. And when I say standard, I mean unchanging. The unchanging best human. Um, unchanging best human. I don't understand the question. As in, as in, um, can you help me with this one? Um, as in, what is unchanging well, I'm, about? I'm a, yeah. I'm a Christian, so I believe that Jesus. I can't really help you out on that. He would be the standard of good. Um, who who I would look oh. to. For the best, I got so I'm asking. Yeah, I'm asking what is what is your standard of the best human uh, that's unchanging? The way the way that I see it, um, um, 
and then again, I mean no offense with this because it's, I, I think about the book, it's a book that was made a long time ago, made by people of that time. I think morality is a forever evolving thing. I mean, we, I, I think it's just, it's cultural. It could be cultural. It's a, it's a lot of things that you would think that it will be morally fine to do. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of things that I might do might be not part of what you think it's moral, but um, I, I take every single day to try to be the best human, but there is no guidance or one um, place where I get it. I get it through society. I get it through um, um, uh, through cues of people. Um, I, I think morality or what you guys call morality, I think what well, you guys think that it's God that it gives you, but I think that just comes from... Um, from evolution, it just comes. You, you can see it through many animals as well. It's it's there. It's so, in, it's it's part of us. So, so can I, can I, I, I just try, I try to challenge that? that? Can I just yeah, challenge that for a minute? Because yeah, you're saying society yeah. would be the standard of morality. I, I I had no standard. I'm pretty open to anything. Like I said, it's always a moving. It's a always moving thing. Right. So so then there is no standard for you. No. Okay. No standard, no particular thing. I think we, even it went, when I look at Christianity in, in, as well, I see a lot of cherry picking as well, where uh, at one point in Christianity, it was okay to do one thing. And then later on, it's not because morality is moving. And it's no longer cool to say that this thing is right. But at one particular point, it was. So I think even in that, we move. And I'm pretty sure Christianity, you know, uh, can you give two, an example? 300 years from now, we'll move as well. Yeah, can you... Yes, I can give an example, yes, unfortunately. So just like the Anglican Church, I, I believe in um, 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 where England or no, no, it's the Catholic Church. Yeah, the Catholic Church in Germany, um, because state pressure um, is put on the Catholic Church. That I believe all Catholic Church in Germany, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, we we're talking about this yesterday, um, are now affirming the LGBTQIA plus identity and saying it's it's basically acceptable or okay um or at least not forbidden um in their church um but that doesn't mean it's right and that doesn't mean they're following the standard i believe it's because state pressure so just because you know christians will do as you say sometimes um hollywood and it may seem like their standard is ever moving morality is objective by the claim that god gives morality and he is the standard giver and the reason it's objective is because there's no other being that's equal that could challenge that standard. So if God had an equal, then you could say God's standard of morality is not objective because there's another who can challenge it. And if they disagree, then by virtue of that, then God even has subjective morality. But we believe God is the only ultimate creator that has no equal. So being unequaled, what he says is objective because there's nothing that can rightly challenge it. That being the case, in Christianity, yes, God has objective morality. Christians have objective morality through God. But as being flawed human individual beings, we will be very subjective in how we live up to God's objective morality. So it's kind of like how we can have our Christian cake and eat it too. But the claim is, yes, God Christians have objective morality is from God um, by, by way of nothing being able to challenge God on what he says. Uh, that being said, Christians are subjective beings, so we try to live up to it but we fall short, which again is another reason why we need Jesus. Just saying. Uh, welcome, Steph. I just sent you that article. 
Well, the problem. Hey, uh, I just want to. What's up, guys? I just want to point out there's a problem with with sort of a subjective morality viewpoint, right? And and sort of going with the wind on what morality fits you best and based on your society and culture, because then you you end up with a, a civilization like the Aztecs, right? Who thought <clears throat> it was okay to sacrifice people and you know rip out their hearts and <laughs> this sort of stuff. Um, there's been a lot of cultures and society through the worlds that were cannibalistic. So um, I just want to remind people that these types of cultures exist when there is no, when, you know, you strictly leave morality uh, up to like a society or, you know, what you think is your best standard is flawed as a human being in general, because, and that's proven through all other human beings throughout history and all other societies and cultures. So it ultimately leads in death and destruction when we're left to our own devices, essentially without any direction from a, a higher power, so to speak. I agree with that. I'm very anti-human sacrifice. Where do you stand on that, Hollywood? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love how you uh, transitioned that one. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of not cool with that either. I'm not. Um... <laughs> but why not, Hollywood? Um, wait, wait. Why not? Why not? Hollywood? Because in, in your reasons. view your 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 so your moral beliefs yeah. right are we could yeah. i think it's fair to say that they're formed because of the society and the way you were grown up and raised right Is that yeah, you believe that's fair one, to say what one of the reasons what if i like told I said, you what yeah. if i told you that the christian god was primarily responsible for western morality as we know it today and modern morality and i will think through the concepts of the have, bible you will have you will have a really good um um, way of saying it has because it's you can't you can't have societies without having like um you can't have societies like in 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 a vacuum where other things don't happen or of course christianity has been a big driver of um uh, a lot of thought a lot of thought processes would have gone through um a lot of thought leaders have been christians who of course it's have been a lot of influence from it um, so, yeah, I will definitely say, yes, there's been a lot of um, Christian movement that has to has to do a lot of things with morality. Yeah. But then again, we, we can't. But um, um, going back to somebody who mentioned the Aztecs. <laughs> and, um, um, and I, mean, I don't uh, want to be judging. Do, if you, I mean, if you want to play no, with human hearts, that's I fine. have more if you want. If you don't, if I can use a different culture than the Aztecs, if you like. Uh, no, 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 there's no, no. plenty no, more. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not sticking you to that particular thing. It's not. It's not. This. I. I like having arguments without having really. Um. It's just points of view, right? So, uh, oh, this is just a, a a rebuttal, but not specifically. You're not tying you down. Well, the, place, well, well uh, like maybe I, maybe this will help. Why I'm why I bring this up in particular because yeah. it, it segues into something <laughs> else, right? So, um. And really, this is just for logical discussion more than anything, right? I'm not trying to convince you of this way or the other. However, I will say there's a fallacy in the logic to think that we are just our morality is some sort of part of normal evolutionary process similar to how the animals react. Um, the animals don't kill themselves, or at least I would say 99.999% of them don't kill themselves out of anything other than necessity and part of the ecosystem structure that's developed there. Human beings have this unique and uncanny ability to murder each other and do horrible things to each other, literally for no reason whatsoever. That would, that's that often antithetical to the, 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 the evolution and the well-being of the species as a whole, right? So meaning we do things to ourselves that hurt our evolution, 
right? Which is counterproductive to believing in that we are a part of the system of evolution entirely. You know, <clears throat> in many ways, like if, if you look at human humanity comparatively to all other species on earth, we're sort of a virus rather than part of a symbiont, you know, ecosystem of sort, right? Everything else seems to have a, a very nice and neat symbiotic approach with the earth and how it evolves, right? They all fit in these ecosystems. You know, you have predator, you have prey, you have flora and fauna. These all work together, but humanity, for whatever reason, you know, sort of excels outside of this, this domain, right? And we, we act entirely different. Um, so that's why I, I don't really agree with the evolutionary aspect of it, because if that were the case, then why are we devolving? We, we're doing the opposite of evolution. We're destroying evolution, which if evolution was a thing and it worked properly, well, then this is the most epic failure of evolution of all time would be human beings. Um, okay, so I got two points to make. Um, probably I do it with the, the latest thing that you mentioned and on evolution. I mean, we... we in my sense, it, I mean, it's very, very, very noticeable that we are just very close to apes. We have a lot of things that are very close <laughs> to this group of animals that are um, from Africa. Um, jealousy is not something that it is typical a human thing. Um, um, unfairness is something that is not a human thing. Animals could 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 see that these are people that well well things that you will see and say that they do not have a spirit that they are not constructed in the image of god but these are things that genetically or through evolution for some reason or another i'm not no expert in this it's there in in, in this powerful tool they, they they're able to see it and test it that there is there there is a the, the cuddling of knowing a mother and and the the, the protection of a mother all of these things that we 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 surround ourselves and think about it that it's this human emotion and this human thing a lot the same thing that christianity had a lot of things to do but when it comes to how we feel is a lot of things have to do with our own genetics and the way that um evolution has built us or what you will call god um and <laughs> coming to morality and talking about the ethics i still see the heads rolling around uh, and and yeah and i will i will think that the different moralities will fall in different places and we will never always hit the right tone. Um, and, and, and we learn, um, it, we learn one way or the other, how to move on from that and do different, different things. But I think even in Christianity, um, as I was uh, thinking is that the, the pole is always moving. It's never the same. We are not doing with Christianity is not doing the same as it was doing um, 500 years ago where, for right or wrong reasons, um, they were um, 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 trying to convert people through sword. Like you when need you to convert they, your soul is going to go. Well, I'm sorry. Well, just to be accurate, though, like you said, they like it's not like all Christians are doing this. And no, no, cases, no, not all Christians. In, not in all many cases, no. in many cases, no, no, certain no, no, Christians no, no, no. were doing this to other Christians. No, the yes, wrong yes, kind yes, of yes. Christian. So you I mean, go, no wrong. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, no, 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 no. I, I hope that the, my conversation, I'm not trying to tie up uh, Christians and all in one basket. They were sure. people. Yeah. There were people, Christians, but not to talk about they all the same that use these particular teachings to be able to justify wrongdoings. Not to say that that was the right teaching, but in their morality, it, it, 
through a group of people, they were able to convince that this was the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, it is in the Bible. It is permitted. The same thing as slavery. Not to say that it, it, it is a Christian thing, but there is rules and stuff in the Bible that could be used and was used to be able to justify how to treat people in a certain way because it's in the Bible. And if this is a document that God did, so is we could justify it through the book. So we have moved around from that and saying, oh, well, slavery is the, probably the most disgusting thing to do to a human being. So we, we, we completely divorced from that. But there is, there is still things in the Bible there that if there was rulings, if this was a divine book, in my opinion, it would not, it would not have anything to do. It, I mean, it has rules of how to live life. That would should have been something that it should some somebody could, could foresee and see things in the future. I think that will be the one thing that you know, not the one thing, one of the things that it should have never been in the book to uh, like rulings, like um, um like rules to how to do slavery. Hollywood, you so do that, realize that it was Christians that stopped slavery, right? It was it was the Christians yeah. that stopped. Yeah, but yes, it was also I, because I of the Bible. But, we, but it still doesn't Hollywood. justify what happened prior to that. It, it, even if but yeah, so he's this. Well, well, yeah, so Hollywood. Well, yeah, Hollywood. You're saying it should was was to put you. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're saying it never should have been in there. But I would say, and you know, who's to say I'm right? I mean, you know, I've read it, but just saying. Um, you're saying well by that it should have never been in the book at all, and I get that point, but. Also, it would be a scholastic understanding of why it was in the book and what that actually means. So it's not like the Bible said, hey, just make slaves of everyone. Slavery is great. Like it was very specific and it was for a specific time. And if you read it, like there was two, two things of slavery. And I'm not a slavery apologist. I do not care. If the Bible said go and make slaves of everyone, I'd be like, yeah, that's what it says. So what? Deal with it. However, if you really have an understanding, like the people who this was for, by the way, if you're, if you're not an Israelite, it had nothing to do with slavery. It, you're not mentioned in slavery. So as far as the Israelites, though, they had two options. One was if someone was so poor and destitute, roaming around the desert, they were going to die and get eaten by lions or whatever, or taken as like legitimate slaves by like godless tribes. Um, then they could sell themselves as like an indentured servant to their own people. And every seven years, they'd be freed and they could renew their contract and they'd treat them like family. That was one type of, quote, slavery. The other type is exactly what you think. It's that kind of slavery. However, the reason for that type of slavery was because the, there were these nomadic tribes like the Amalekites, the Moabites, all these like godless tribes that were the sworn enemies of the Israelites. And the situation, I mean, it was like the movie 300 biblical style. It was basically, hey, these roaming nomadic tribes are going to murder you and do all kinds of terrible things to you and your family and your children and your animals before they murder you and torture you to death. So if you don't want that to happen, in some cases, God says, hey, wipe these people out before they wipe you out, because that's exactly what's going to happen. And in other cases, God says, yes, you can take slavery uh, slaves of these people too. So in a place where everyone was largely nomadic and you didn't have a whole lot of established regions and cities and travel was hard, you didn't really have mass prison complexes like we do today. So it's like the choice is either death or you have to be an actual legitimate slave and we're going to cart you around with us and we're going to make you, you know, make our roads and stuff like that for us. So, I mean, that was, that was the choices that never meant that slavery was great. It never says slavery is something to be desired. It was basically the choice of, hey, these people are going to kill you. So either you kill them first. And in some cases, you can not kill them and you can take them as prisoners of war.
So, I mean, it never says it's okay. It never says this is God's ideal. It just says, hey, here's some choices. Um, anyways, and uh, I mean, that's the answer. Well, on It doesn't apologize that, for it, but I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Steph. Apologize for slavery now. No, I'm not going to apologize for slavery. <laughs> um, I love it when people use the argument that slavery shouldn't be in the Bible, but it's like, first of all, every every nation was doing it, as, as Nate pointed out. It was capture or be captured and often kill or be killed in certain locations, right, with certain um, with certain uh, civilizations. But then if you look at the Bible, it's actually one of the earliest forms of writing that we have that gives rights to slaves. So when we're looking at what slavery is actually, it's saying, do this to your slave and do not do this to your slave. Again, sometimes the Bible is just reporting the news. Okay. So it's not telling you, oh, have slaves. Like Nate said, it's saying, if you have slaves, this is what you do. Now, of course, by modern morality, we would love it if the Bible said, free all your slaves, right? Because in the year 2023, in a country you've never heard of, uh, this is going to be so laughable that you should free them now. Uh, you know, people who are living thousands of years before Christ and that, you know, hooray, that would be ideal. But instead, what it does is instead of being so wildly anachronistic that it would never have survived as a document, what it says is treat your slaves this way. And it gives rights and protections to slaves when other nations around didn't even view slaves as entities to have rights. So that's the purpose. Like, we should be glad that slavery is discussed in the Old Testament, because oftentimes, it's uh, and and the same goes for women. There are things in the Bible that are protecting women when other uh, nearby civilizations had no such writings to protect women or slaves. So keep that in mind when you're. Reading. I just wanted to say, yeah, God I, never, I just want to say God never commands slavery, and uh, He actually hates slavery. So I, I'm posting some Bible verses. Um, slavery in the Old Testament is a, a work contract. It's not stealing someone and then putting them to work. Um, you'll never see that anywhere. In fact, that God specifically speaks against that. Um, so any type of slavery that you see is a work contract, uh, and you are uh, compensated for your work. Except the prisoners of war, just to be accurate. Can you show me where the prisoners of war are? Um, I can get you an exact verse in a minute, but um, look, if you're familiar with any of the passages, I don't know if it's like, Goodness, I, I don't know where exactly, like, um, not Chronicles, um, but basically the part about where they're, like, warring, like, around the part where um, I think Saul, uh, Saul's told, I think it's Saul, is told to, among other kings, are told to go basically wipe out, like, entire tribes. I don't know if it was the Malachites or Moabites or whatever, but it's somewhere around those passages that you will find there's some things that talk about uh, taking slaves or taking them captives, Um when it's not talking about wiping them and their animals and everything out of existence before they do it to them first. Are you talking um, about the, the women that the women that are prisoners of war that um, are brought into the house and treated like they're part of the family? Is that what you're talking about? I, I believe it's around the same areas, but not specifically. There's something that talks about, you know, you um, like around the, you know, you can can't beat your slave to death or whatever, or if he dies, right, but, but there's the thing you're saying that is for the own people, like the Israelites, like how they can like, you know, how a work contract, like indentured servitude. You would have a, but then you there's would have the a other, there, right, but yeah. then there's, right, right, right. No one's disputing that. But then there's the other category, which is for, you know, basically people who are wanting to murder them. And it's like, if you don't fight and kill them, then you can take slaves. And I, I don't know if it says something about, you can make them do like, hard labor or crush rocks or build roads or something like that. But it's basically like a 
a work prisoner, like how we have today. Like, I've, you know, I, I've never read that. And I've read um, all Tippy, the book of Esther discusses it because at the end of Esther, when Mordecai issues the, uh, the decree that goes counter to Haman's decree, um, it allows for the Jews in Xerxes' kingdom to either kill or take as slaves those who come against them. But then that book doesn't give any outlines for how to treat them. That's everywhere else, but it does and, it does allow them. Right. So, and you, so you are eh, well. You are going to also. I hate to be this person. Uh, you, you're also going to find a lot of the instructions regarding slavery because if we're talking about the biblical outline for slave, this is the Torah. This is the Israelites' stuff. So Christians really don't have anything to do with this except same God. So you're going to find a lot of the guidelines for slavery and the different types in the Talmud. So if someone really wants to argue about slavery in the Bible accurately, then you have to go to the people whose laws these actually are. Oh, um, I, would so I, would never, say, I would never go to the Talmud because the Talmud's not, um, it, it's not something that I, I would accept as God-breathed. So I'm talking about what's God-breathed, which is um, God's scripture, uh, as far as taking, uh, taking slaves or taking prisoners of war. Um, Sis, can you show me where that is in the book of Esther? And you said that it doesn't tell oh, I you don't. how to Okay, speak. I can tell you where I don't. I'm terrible with chapter and verse. But okay. after and Haman is tippy. killed. Well, yeah. yeah, I just want to clarify, like, for the record, like, I have no dog in this fight, and I agree with your spiritual stance about God breathed, but a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So even though we think the Jews made some oopsies, like, you know, murdering Jesus, the ones who did, not the ones who were the first Christians— um, it's still, you know, their actual book, right? So when someone wants to talk about Mary rapist for 50 shekels, blah, 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 even though, you know, it's we not. have our, even, even though we have our own belief that they are not right on some things, yeah. this is still the people Nate. whose law it actually is, right? Nate, but, Nate, the, the Bible doesn't say to marry your rapist for 50 shekels. Oh, goodness, uh, Tempe. It, it actually, okay. It, it, I'm, I'm parroting the common argument, right? You know, you know the part in the Bible where it says if someone gets raped or whatever, they can pay their father 50 shekels? Yeah, it doesn't and... say raped. It actually says that if you rape someone, you, you're to be put to death. It's in the same passage that you're quoting. Um, and what, what it says is if, if there's a, a man and the woman and they be found, meaning it's consensual, then nope, because that's not what the I'm man... talking about. Okay, because that, well, it says to pay the, pay the, 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 the bride price um, because you've humbled the woman, meaning you've taken her virginity. So, and right. that's I, I think we're well. Right now, we're missing we're missing the forest for the trees. I'm talking about the forest. I'm not talking about the trees. So, for example, the part. I mean, and it is as you say, right? Like to the normal person, I believe spiritually inspired with some discernment is going to get the same conclusion. Like rapist is almost certainly going to die, right? That that's just how the Christians typically read it. But to the people that are litigious and being overly pedantic and are not Christians and are looking for a fight with Christianity about how evil and immoral it is. Then I refer them to the Jewish book of law because this is their book. It doesn't mean I believe this is a Christian. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. The point is whenever they look at the bullet point, like the passage you read, it's like four or five sentences tops. Well, they have like 50 pages dedicated to how you apply those three sentences. That's all I'm saying. That's the right. only stake. Someone right. I help don't me think, before yeah, I, I get burned at the stake. I, I don't think that we need to do that. I think because God has already made provisions for everything, uh, including rape, including uh, any type of uh, what, what what you would call slavery? It it is always a work contract from um from everything that I see, uh and and the verses that I posted, which I would love for for anybody if you want to go through them, that I posted them because God's very specific about um about slavery and that He hates slavery and this is why He pulled the people out of Egypt, 
and right let my people go you gotta be careful about dying on that hill though like because you are gonna find places in the bible where the israelites are allowed and encouraged so so the the harder you take that stance the more opposition an atheist is going to be able to bring to you because sure. it is Sure. I used to be an atheist, I, I... so I've heard these arguments, and that's why I was asking um, where it actually, where God commands to take slaves. No, no, no. No, hang on. I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying I don't, I don't believe there's any place God commands people to take slaves. It's more like allows. I'm saying my whole, my whole thing is I believe there are provisions for the taking of slaves that are not just a work contract. That would be indentured servitude for Israelites. I don't know that there's a place where God says, and you shall take slaves for hard labor. I'm just saying I, there are provisions that are different than work contracts. So it's not God commanding them to do this. Sure. It's just saying you can treat Could this I, group of people this way, and you have to treat this group of people the other way. I'd like Could to I just say something? Uh, so the thing is, when people hear the word, word slave, they assume it's like, you know, when you know watch the slavery movies and you know, how African-Americans were whipped, mistreated. They think that, oh, in Jerusalem, that's what was going on because they hear the word slave, right? But the thing is, this slavery system in, Jew in Israel helped a lot of poor people. If you go to Leviticus chapter 25, verse 39 to 40, it says, if any Israelites living near you become so poor that they sell themselves to you as a slave, you shall not make them do the work of a slave. They shall stay with you as hired workers and serve you until the next year of restoration. So of course, if people were being mistreated, like if the slaves were being mistreated, abused, and whipped, they wouldn't sell themselves willingly to slavery. No. The people that were being bought as slaves were being treated as servants, indentured servitude, right? And then they would be released after the debt is paid, after they've yeah, worked. After like the seventh year or something, they're freed. Exactly. So if the slavery in Israel was the same slavery of you, like, for example, when you look at the you know, in America, the African-Americans were type of slavery where you were abusing the slaves. You wouldn't be selling themselves willingly to slavery. You know, it doesn't make sense. But it was a good system. It helped a lot of people come out of poverty. And the Bible says if they're so poor that they can't do anything for themselves, you treat them just like normal servants. And that's what was going on. See, God cares about the slave the same way he cares about the master. There's even a verse in the Bible, I forgot the reference, that says if you hurt your slave, you have to let him go, right? It gives a detail, like if you injure him, I'm basically summarizing the whole thing, right? So that's what was going on. So that's it. They weren't mistreating the slaves. They were treating them like servants. These people were being slaves. They were, you know, they were giving themselves to slavery because they were poor. But then they were eventually released. And if any slave owner would, you know, kill their slaves, in the Old Testament, if you kill someone, you, you had to be killed. So there were, there were rights for the slave. Uh, and the slaves were protected because God gave them rights. It's nothing to do with the slavery in Islam. It has, it's not like the slavery in Rome or the slavery. The slavery of the Old Testament is completely different from all these, all these other cultures. And even when they enslaved, you know, foreigners, it would be the same thing. They couldn't abuse these people or treat them like animals. They would have to show them love because the Bible does command to show love to foreigners. So even if they enslaved their enemies, they would have to show love to their enemies and just treat them like normal servants. You couldn't. Uh, unless God commands, of course, the Israelites to kill them out of because of, you know they're punishing them. But in this case, the slavery in the Old Testament is not the same slavery a lot of people in in our modern day think about it as it's like abusing and all that stuff. You get the point. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. So, Tippy, for your reference, again, I hate that we're having this discussion and it's taking this long 
and there are this many confusing points around it. So there are multiple types of slavery as follows. There is the, in and Chris, don't you say a word, you bite your tongue. You know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'm using ChatGPT. It's a great theologian. Anyways, um, just like we talked about, no one disagrees. There's indentured servitude. You can find it in Exodus 21 and Exodus 1, 11 to 14. There is the hard labor, like the, the that I was talking about. You can find the verses in Exodus 1, 11 through 14, and it talks about how, um, well, that's Egyptian slavery. Hang on, I'm talking about war captives. In Deuteronomy 20, check out Deuteronomy 20 for the war captives. And this is like when they went to war, just like I talked about, they were allowed to take captives as slaves. And it does mention the part about like the women, how they could take the women and, and children and things like that and, uh, you know, have them to integrate into their society through marriage or whatever. But it also talks about how they can take male captives. And then just like the truth or whoever that guy was just talking said, you still had to treat them fairly. And if you, you know, you couldn't treat them super harshly and stuff like that, but you could definitely have them provide basic needs. Basic needs were hard labor. Basic needs were tilling farmland. Basic needs were, you know, crushing bricks, making roads, building houses, things like that. So check out uh, Deuteronomy 20. I read Deuteronomy all of it. 20. And actually, Deuteronomy 20 starts off with to go go into the land and make peace. Correct? What's verse 10 say? Well, I like to read the whole chapter, but uh, Deuteronomy Okay, 20. so read the whole chapter. Yeah, I've read it. And so this is why I'm saying, like, when, when we're reading these things, we have to take the full context of the Bible. Um, and and I, I think what you're trying to do is point to the part where it says that they must pay tribute, right? They're living in the land that now the, the Jews have. So they tribute. They basically have to become like the Jewish people. They have to uh, live under the same rules or laws. And I'm okay. also talking about Numbers 31, 7 to 18, where it talks about, specifically talks about one of the Midianites. I think I said Moabites, but whatever. Okay. Numbers um, 31. Hold on. Let me, let me just pull it up. Numbers chapter 31. Chapter 31. <clears throat> it's, it's describing the victory over the Midianites. Maybe yes, the vengeance. Moabites. It's vengeance, actually. Vengeance on the Midianites. Um, because why? Because the women were plagued. But the woman, the women, if you continue to read, um, those women were allowed to be set free if they um, if they didn't want to stay. Great. But again, so, listen, you have to like you know read the multiple verses regarding this topic because you know people like to just like cherry pick a uh, one verse and say, okay, this is what the Bible says. You can mistreat slaves, you can take slaves, whatever. But there are a lot of parts in the Old Testament that you're about about it. And you have to gather all those verses like a puzzle to get the full picture, right? And you'll figure out that it is, you know, just because it uses the word slavery, it's not like, you know, the slavery you're thinking about now. So I think that's what you should do, Hollywood. You should do more research on it, find all the verses that talk about it, and read it and, you know, see the full picture. You'll see that that's nothing to do with Yeah, number 31 actually says that you cannot treat, you cannot treat the woman because this is about taking the, the, the women captives. Um, you cannot treat them as a slave, and you cannot sell them as they are, like they are a slave, is what it says, literally in the same, the same book that you're quoting. If I may. But I do have a If I may. If I oh, may. Okay, if I may. Um, if we look at the book of Philemon, uh, we see what uh, the New Testament really has to say about it. And... Then we see a lot of things that Paul had to write about freedom in Christ and being in Christ. It says there's neither slave nor free, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And then we look at how the hypocrisy of um, 1700s, 1800s slavery here in America, um, where we see uh, when they gave the slaves a Bible, they cut up any verse that had freedom of it, it was taken out. It's called the slave Bible. It's called the slave Bible. Amen. And uh, so, and uh, the, one of my early heroes, childhood heroes, was um, the great orator Frederick Douglass, uh, who wrote about the hypocrisy in his, um, in a form of a poem, a, a parody poem uh, of um, at the end of his book, uh, A Narrative of a Slave, The Life of Frederick Douglass, his first autobiography. And he really says, look, these folks whip folk, rape folk, and then still sing of heavenly union. And and uh, he, was a, he was a great uh, great orator, great Methodist minister. Um and I'm looking at that, and I look at how, even how they used the Bible during the years of Jim Crow, segregation, black codes, and all that, which were which was done against, I'm using historical arguments, as well as biblical. But as we look at the book of Philemon, Paul, writing to, on, about Onesimus, he says to, um, about tell Philemon, Look, put it on my account. Don't treat him as a slave anymore. Treat him as a brother. So, and 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 that's something that we really we when we think of, look at the New Testament, we see how these um these parallels and you try to parallel and contrast compare and contrast that to the slavery in the Americas. That's North Central and South America. It's it's okay. by far a. a right. uh, Real quick, let's let's back up a few thousand years. Like, there's a lot of loose ends that I think should be tied up because they haven't been. So, going back to the very beginning, uh, Tippy, just want to clarify. Um, and if you still think this way, then fine, stick to it. I don't care. Um, but your contention was every single instance of a slave in the Bible was a work contract similar to like indentured servitude, that it was a willful contract between two parties. And my contention was that's simply incorrect um so i wanted to clear that loosened up first and the second thing was treatment of slaves nobody here on stage except maybe hollywood if he's still here none of the christians are talking that you can treat slaves badly myself included so i don't know if i'm just like putting the anyways yeah, I was, I was so the, wait, hang, 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 ah, hang on ah. okay leviticus let's leviticus 25 44 let's just start there real fast so the first point the 100% of slaves are a work contract. Leviticus 25, 44. Um, you shall not roll over him loose. That's regarding you shall not roll over him. Right. Right. That's fine. That's fine. You shall not roll over him ruthlessly, but shall fear your God. As for your male and female slaves, whom you may have, you may buy. Not a work contract. You may buy against their will. You may buy what, male and female. You may. Where do you see I'm, against their will? That's that's my words. I'm saying, how else do you read this? As for your male and what? female slaves, whom you may have, you you're may adding, buy. You're adding to oh, the Bible? Tippy, between you and the birds in your background? 
Okay, I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to inflect any of my own stuff since I guess it's not being able to parse out between us. Here's what the text says. As for your male and female slaves, whom you may have, you may buy male and female slaves from among the nations that are around you. You may also buy from among the strangers who sojourn with you and their clans that are with you, uh, who have been born into your land, and they may be your property. You may bequeath them, almost done. That's not in the Bible. That's my words. I said I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You may bequeath them to your sons after you inherit as a possession forever. So that's it. And, and then if you want to go on, yeah, why is also, that? That, that's my words. Wait, why? You may make slaves of them, but over your brothers and people of Israel, you shall not rule uh, one over another ruthlessly. So my point has nothing to do with the treatment, has nothing to do with Israelites or Gentiles. My mm -hmm. only point is not every instance of slave is a work contract between the that two is, parties. That is a work contract. If you're buying someone, you're not buying them against their will. They're selling themselves, which is why you're buying them. And of course you can bequeath them because you have gone into a contract with them. So now you can pass that contract onto whoever you want. And if they want to stay, there are provisions for that. If Because now they are ingrained in your family because that's how they're supposed to be treated. And if they want to stay, you would pin their ear to the doorpost. You would pierce their ear to the doorpost. So there are provisions that are made specifically for that work contract. Okay, so the picture I have in my head is the sojourners among them are in the market square with a bunch of people in cages. They go buy someone where, from their owner. They open the cage and lead them away in a thing. Where are you getting but if, cages? If, you, if, if, if you're saying that you're – I'm talking about the goblins in our heads. If you're picturing your head for what I just read – is these Israelites go to like a marketplace or wherever they would buy slaves, someone like a group of people, and they're like, hey, I want to buy a slave. And these what? these people are like, yes, bring a contract. Let me sell myself what, to you. What marketplace are you talking Tippie, about? Tippy, if I can, Nate, for a second. <laughs> Tippy, just contextually, there's probably what, – what, what Nate is trying to say is that like there's probably going to be nobody that's willingly selling them their, their lives away into indentured servitude. So, like, and that's, and we make this assumption. Sure. The Bible doesn't say that implicitly, yeah. but it also doesn't say that they offered themselves freely at the same time. So you're, you're left to you're come saying, up with a, right. If but, you're saying you're buying someone. Okay. Right. Like, There's a word for that. Slave. It's called slavery. Yeah. Right. Right. But if you're buying someone and, and again, we have to look at the, 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 well, it doesn't lose the message. I mean, even and, if it's true, Tippy, even if it is true and they're, and specifically, by the way, it says the heathen that dwell among you. So it's definitely, they can't buy Israelites, but this is for a particular time when they were, where, where the regional area they're at at the time. That's mm -hmm. why this was written for. Right, but even still, you poor. still have you still have plenty of scripture that talks about the treatment of a bond servant or a bond maiden, sure. right? So, Which so was revolutionary had, at the time. So, so you still, people, it's not you know, it's you're not like losing grace here necessarily. It's still okay. a radical idea back in that day to treat have like treat your slaves respectfully. But it does say they basically are, you know, they're purchased they and they can be they are treated. It literally says they are your property. I, of course, they're you know? your property because you're in a work contract with them. You're giving them money. Sure, I'm just <laughs> saying don't do it. Just it would be an injustice to interpret it as anywhere else. And somebody might think you're being deceptive when you when you approach that. The reality of the day was is that, yeah, Israel was a, a, a powerful nation at that time and most likely had. Um, forms of slavery from the heathen tribes and all these sort of pagan paganites that were around them and assuming, they did purchase them 
you're, you're ass- a- hold on. You're assuming that these people, first of all, you're assuming that these people are in cages. Number one, you're also assuming that they're, they're being bought against their will. Well, you don't would you that. ever, I mean, I will go out point, on a would limb and I will make an absolute claim. Yes. Yeah. I am. I am assuming they are bought against their will. That is my assumption. Yes. Because it's, because that, that's your assumption. However, if you can, the full context of, of what it has to do with is that people are poor. So what they do is they sell themselves into slavery, and then they are ingrained into the um, Jewish society. Uh, and they are fair, treated yeah. as a fellow Jew. <clears throat> that's which is fair, why I but said I think there's also people the that maybe not, you know, uh, it's yeah, tough I mean, to there's say, people that can right? do that, and they can convert. But tippies, the fact that there's so much talk about the indentured servitude aspect, that it is... I'm not a prophet. This is not in the Bible. This is my words. I want to be clear. The fact that there is so much con- passage and context around the indentured servitude part of this for Israelites, etc., that whenever it talks about buy slaves from the heathen among you around, and it doesn't give the same sort of, of nuance as it does for all, the vast expanse where it talks about indentured servitude, it would re- lead a reasonable person to conclude that it actually means that type of slave. Again, it doesn't have anything to do, which is the next point, about treatment of the slaves. It talks about treating them you know, very fairly and not harshly. So then there's that. And then to Sean's point, way later, as far as we're, there's no slave, G- free, Jew, Gentile, male, female, we're all one in Christ. Yes. So that brings us full circle at this point. I don't care. Um, my my pos- Tippy's position, I guess, is there is 100% a work contract because reasons um, regarding slavery in the Bible. And mine is there are multiple types of slavery, um, indentured servitude and work contracts certainly being one of them. And, you know, based on debtor slavery, if someone owes a debt they can't pay, there's that type of slavery that we didn't get to talk about yet. And then there is like wartime slavery, like prisoners of war. That is my assumption. And I, I would say, Tippy, just because, you know, you say I'm assuming, um, which I am, I would say, you know, you're not immune from this. You are also assuming that it's a work contract. So no, we're I'm both not. I'm not, making... because the, the text clearly lays okay. out that it's a work contract. Okay, so Exodus 44 through 48 that I just read clearly lays out it's a work contract. Exodus 44. Exodus 44. I, I, we just read it. It doesn't say anything about work contract. It says you can buy slaves. Okay, which is... Which you means didn't say that a work contract. Leviticus. Leviticus. When you're buying, hold on. When you're purchasing, something, yeah. When you're purchasing something, okay, um, you 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 now possess that thing, correct? Can I buy you, Tippy? No, I'm not for sale. If you were, would it be a work contract if someone like you know is like, hey, I got this person in the back of a van. Do you want a buyer? If and I'm I like, was, sure. If then I would was, that be a work contract? If or I would was you be waxing, a slave? if I was waxing poor, which is what the Bible clearly lays out, is that this is for people that are poor and need to sell themselves into slavery. Or okay, I will concede to that. That's fine. I would agree to that. That can be a possible scenario. But you have you would have to rightly also agree. That if some bad people threw you in the back of a van and they're like, hey, Nate, do you want to you buy can't... this person? Hey, hey, I, 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 I let you, get, Tippy, I, I let you get through your thing. So, you know, let me get through mine. If these people are like, hey, I got this person in the back of a van. Uh, she's really combative and obstinate. But do you want to buy her? I'll be like, eh, maybe. Um, I'll give them 50 bucks. And then they throw you in the back of my sketchy van. Does that mean we entered to a work contract? Or does that mean I bought you against your will? 
It says, if a man be found stealing any of his brethren of the children of Israel and maketh merchants of him or selleth him, then that thief shall die and thou, and thou shalt put evil away and up, away from among you. Now you might think, oh, well, this only has to do with Israelites. No, Exodus 21 verse 16. And he that stealeth a man and selleth him or be found in his hand shall surely be put to death. So there is no stealing of anyone. Now let's talk about the foreigner here, right? Um, a foreigner that resides among you, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. That's Leviticus 19.34, um, 33-34. Here's another one, Jeremiah 22, verse 13. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work. So yes, in context, if we take the Bible as oh, a whole, that this no. is this is exactly how how you are supposed to treat people. Hold you on. just read something gonna, talking about. I, I got to stop you, Tip. You just read something about your neighbor, and you're going to equate that to heathen slaves. Like you know all those memes that are straight out of context. That's what's happening here. You're trying to answer Leviticus 25 with you started Leviticus 21, which was okay. Then you go to Jeremiah talking about a neighbor. A slave you buy as property is not a neighbor. A neighbor is a neighbor. A neighbor is a person who lives among you. A neighbor no. is not a heathen from a foreign land. No. Uh, uh, nearby countries are considered neighbors. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, I have to go. Um, actually have to go to the gym. So God bless you. Uh, Nate, I hope we can carry on this conversation and maybe you can provide some evidence because I've given you, I think, three, four different types of scripture that show that this is a work contract. So I'd like to see where. Um, oh, I hope never to talk about this again. No, I've given you the evidence. You made an assumption, but you couldn't back up your claim with scripture. So um, maybe Likewise. Okay. Have a <laughs> See you later. I hope Tiffany. I'm giving you. I hope, hoping I'm giving you the vigor you need to, you know, get some extra workouts and lift some heavier weights. But I would Wait, say, I took a call. I Is she still standing on the work contract thing? Yes, and she just backed it up with an, more assum baseless assumptions and then took off because you know gym time. But. That is so. I, I don't know. Like on one hand, I don't care. This is where I'm historical context would would help out. So I, I definitely see her point. I totally well, see her point. By the way, and but again, there's the heathen verse in Leviticus twenty two forty four specifically, which I think kind of seals the deal with where these people come from and how they're viewed. Because there's that, and if you look at like the term sojourn. Right. Because a lot of the verses she was reading or her evidentiary stuff that she was pointing to is, is referencing people that sojourn with you, which is sort of like a visitor. Right. It's like a traveling yeah. visitor. Right. This is a free person. This is not a not someone who's like, you know, a bond servant of some sort. Right. And that's what's most likely. That, at the that's, time. Well, well uh, those verses that she was reading that are what you were talking about. That's what she was using and saying this is evidence yeah. I've given, yeah. even though it's it's completely out of context. So like that, that is the wrong evidence. So she's saying. You don't have evidence for what you're saying. I'm like, I, my scripture is my evidence. And then she says, well, I've given you evidence, even though the well, evidence is completely off topic. Again, I, I think the only, the real distinction, it, this is going to be a difficult thing to hammer out, but the real, the thing that does it for me is the, the specific reference to the word heathen in Leviticus. Well, it, like, it also that, shouldn't be though. Because it calls like, them well, something, that's not calling somebody your brother. That's not calling somebody a sojourner, um, somebody who's down on their luck or downtrodden. It's like referencing if you buy, you know, you can buy the heathen 
You know what I mean? Like it, it's absolutely. And the biggest evidence I would bring is what she rejects, but she's rejecting it because she thinks she's being a good Christian for some reason and has no, no basis. in like, well, I think you know, that's okay. Or, or, I mean, or, or, I, well, well, hang on. I, I got to finish your sentence. Very sorry. I, I like you talking. I know I'm talking a lot, but when you, you butt in, it completely train wrecks me. So what I'm trying to say is she puts so much, I, I guess, spirituality and wanting to be a Christian and not take the demon Jewish Talmud, which I, I actually agree. Like I don't use it for any spiritual insight, but when we're talking about this stuff specifically laws and histories, like you have got to for scholarship, read it as it was re read and interpreted through the Talmud. Like you have to, otherwise we're doing what we're doing now. And it's trying to use vague passages and assumptions in the Bible when we have no, uh, you know, we're, we're willfully ignoring. And by we, I mean, she is willfully ignoring tons of evidence and data because these are the people who's had the slaves, their ancestor had these slaves. So how it explains it in the Talmud is how they actually did it. It doesn't mean it's how they should do it. It didn't mean it's God's ideal for them. It means it is how it was actually applied, whether right or whether wrong. This is how it was done. That was my only point. She's like, I don't believe the Talmud. Great. I don't either as far as God and spirituality, but I believe it as far as, you know, they got their history right and how they say they did something is how they did something. Oh, good Lord. I'm going to drown kittens. Just kidding. Don't I mean, drown the kittens. hard thing is like, if you, she, it doesn't help her case. Like the whole idea about how, how slavery is written about in the Bible is the same context that other horrible things are written about in the Bible, right? Wartime, murder, starvation, adultery. You know, we see um, the patriarchs doing bad things, right? We see uh, many biblical heroes who are polygamous or unfaithful. This is, it's all in the same context. It's all brokenness and it's all sin. And so that's why I was warning her, don't die on that hill about like, well, the Bible never condones slavery. I mean, of course God hates slavery, right? But the Israelites are allowed in certain contexts to take slaves. And they're also allowed to become slaves because this world is broken, right? We broke it. And this is the result of what we've done. So if you speak with any historian about ancient um, ancient history in this part of the world, slavery is commonplace and the Israelites were allowed to do it and were allowed to become slaves. If she tries to die on that hill, she is going to get refuted so much. It just weakens her witness. So that's my main qualm with it. It's like, you got to be really careful if you're going to die on a hill like that. Yeah, I agree. Just, well, just be tactful with her. I mean, this is obviously important to her. And yeah, I think that point. you should be we cautious of that. And, you know, just try to help her understand where we're coming. Like, I'm just telling you, I'm like, hey, I just think there's something to the word heathen. By the way, I don't, I, I'm using the KJV. I don't think this word heathen is, is in other um, versions, it I'll say. For, well, isn't it like, oh, what was it? it? What's, what's, the, what's the Greek, or sorry, not the Greek, what's the Hebrew word that's used there, I think is of important. What is the important. specific verse? Uh, Leviticus 25, 44. Have you been hiding this whole time, Chris? Why didn't you get in this mix? He's dude. He's dealing with an alligator. Right now. I'm gonna buy you, slave, Chris. You're he's slave. he's got his hands full. Can't you see, Nate? <laughs> right. No. I mean, so that's like if we if we if Leviticus we have one or two what? less 20 verses. Twenty five forty four. I thought it was because I've heard faithful talk about this. I thought it was just like not an Israelite. A heathen. So, like in that verse, both thy bondmen and thy bondsmaids, which thou shalt have, shall be of the heathen that are round about you. Yeah. yeah so, so, like, not your the, own people. In the Hebrew, it says, uh, "As for your male and female slaves, whom you may have, whom you may have, 
you may acquire male and female slaves from the nations that are around you. Literally, have you guys ever heard the term goyim? Yeah, that's it. That's the word it uses. It's that's literally the word it uses. Okay, so I bet. So the the way to properly, I guess, um, you know, educate Tippy, if you will, if you wanted to make this point, was so. This is why I think you like these understandings are so much better when you go to like the Hebrew meaning of the word, et cetera, et cetera, because it'll use different words for the like. So if you go look up sojourner or you know all these other references, right, that she was using, I, I guarantee you, there's a different word that's used when it's referencing those people. When I say something. I, I kind of think that she was talking about how the world worked in time. The world economy worked on slavery. It's not just a Jewish thing. It's just where the world was at that time. And I think the concept is she's trying to allude to that slavery for 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 for, for, uh, for Jews was different. Is all, I think all she's trying to point out. Well, all she was trying yeah, to point out was, exactly was oh, God, oh, too. Lou, Lou, mute, bro, mute, bro, mute, bro. I, all she was trying to, her main point was it is a work contract where there was no involuntary slavery. Slavery was 100% voluntary. That was her point. Well, and that's, well, yeah, that's like me right now. I don't even, I don't want to be here. I don't want to work. But I have to. <laughs> it, it, it's just, well, I mean, the thing to argue I mean, I mean, is the I, fact that. Both of you guys don't want to be at the job. Just saying. Yeah, either way, I mean, either way, the way it treated slaves were was ra- literally radical at the time. No one else had Thank the level you. of treatment and caution and care for slaves. And additionally, and no one that. there's a follow-up verse in Leviticus even that says, if your brother, meaning a fellow Israelite, becomes poor and you have a, a rich uh, a rich stranger, again, meaning heathen, who, like, so it implies, basically it's implying that even though these people are taken in as bond servants, they can have their own wealth that they generate while they're being a bond servant, right? Like it literally follows up in like uh, verse 45 or 46 or something like that, where it's talking about like, hey, if you see another Israelite who's poor and you've got all these rich slaves, so to speak, around you, like it, it, it talks about that and how... um you know, you should help your, your brother out, meaning your fellow Israelite. So, yeah. And and here's the thing is that here's the thing is that there's a certain strain of apologetic that is taught to people to go and fight Muslims. This is what Tippy has been taught. It is a certain strain of Eastern Orthodox apologetics that will attempt to explain away every objection that may be even legitimately raised by a Muslim because they're at war with the Muslims. Okay. Uh... And so Tippy has been indoctrinated into a certain type of apologetic that will absolutely redefine and ignore the text to make it fit their war against. Islam. I've never heard of this happening before. <laughs> <laughs> And, she yeah, is an I absolute mean, expert. Though, where were you for the last hour, Chris? <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, no. Wait, wait a no second. In, wait a there's second. There's no sense in arguing with her. I mean, like she is. It's the same <laughs> thing with. And I love Albie to death, but again, he has been trained in a certain strain of apologetics that will stretch and move the scripture to fit the narrative, rather than being honest with the text. That's just how it is. Uh, well, it might be a little know. bit uncharitable. I guess what they're doing is they're looking at it like they're going to refute 
Um, like if you see Tippy go against the Muslims, especially the ones that are really um, vehement and kind of like just nasty to her, she is a pro. She like doesn't miss a beat. She will absolutely, you know, cream those guys every time. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, it's great, <laughs> like, but, but terrible for them. Um, so I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I wonder if it's like if the priority is engaging with Muslims to help them, you know, come out of that faith. I mean, I'm not justifying it, but I could see I could see it being permissible, I guess, to from her point of view to have that argument. But it's just for everyone else. Right. Like if you're going to if like if you're comparing the Old Testament to parts of the Quran and that talk about slavery. Right. Of course, you're going to say, well, it's a very different thing. These are two very different things. But at the end of the day, the Bible does allow slavery. That, that's that's what it is. So, yeah, you gotta, just got to be careful how you make that argument. So the one going back to the beginning of all this, if we could even remember is uh, talking about morality with these particular cases. It's like saying, you know, all these things were justified due to these verses in the Bible. Now that this is what the intended um, reason why these verses are there, but I'm just saying um, it just, it, it caused a lot of pain through, um, a lot of people got enslaved with some person with the Bible just justifying these particular things with these verses there. Well, and, so, and I think we have moved around that, and that we no longer do that. But I think we have moved the post. But well, people Hollywood had a different type of view. That's yeah. an unfair statement to make, though, because one, yeah. it was slavery has been part of this world since its inception. So this is a human slavery is a human invention. I, okay? I didn't say. And again, it, we we made I a didn't point say earlier. The Bible cre- I didn't say the Bible created slavery. That's not no. My but point. you 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 asserted that there was pain and suffering, basically that the Bible has caused. Well, wait, the no, equivalent said, to what Hollywood said, like the equivalent would be for me to say that Sesame Street uh, allows and encourages homelessness because Oscar the Grouch is a character. Right. Like that's the direct, you know, that's the direct example of what you said. The Bible is reporting the news. It's also instructions for a certain culture at a certain time to differentiate them from other cultures. And part of this is like in the example that uh, someone gave in the audience, if you strike your slave and they die, you die. Right. Like even in colonial America, we didn't have a law, uh, you know, thousands of years later that protected slaves w- using the slave owner's life. Right. So these were, as Fury said, they're radical at the time. But if you say, well, because it's mentioned and because people used it to advocate for slavery later, then that means that that's, you know, yeah, like, slavery is the Bible's fault. I would that's make like, the that's case like saying homelessness is Oscar the Christ's right. fault. And I would make the case if they didn't use the Bible, well, then they're going to go on whatever the morality of the day was, which was right. which is correct. technically what you subscribe to, which yeah, would be correct. just like, yes. okay, this slave is my yes. complete it property. Have, I'm going to murder been, them, beat them, mistreat them, and there's no repercussion for that. Correct. It would have been whatever would have been cool at the time. So it, it's but, um, may, maybe they're yeah, no, I'm not going to refute that somebody may have mistreated their slave just because of everybody's a human. Right. Like, again, fallen world, no matter what you do. However, I would argue that this actually saved more people than it than it harmed by far by a, like a massive yeah. long shot. Well, um, well, um, but I will say that. Well, I, I probably didn't ask this question. Do you, do you guys think that these are like the word of God that God created all these particular verses, or this is just a man creation? This is accounts of history, or this is just the word of God? 
It depends on what you're reading. There are some parts of the Bible that are clearly the word of God, and there are other parts that are accounts of history, but everything included is the story of the coming of Christ. So we can't take like, like, for example, when we see adultery in the Old Testament or polygamy, polygamy is a big one, right? Where it's like, well, the Bible encourages polygamy. No, it was talking about this person who did this, and then nothing good happened to that person after. So it's a little bit unfair to say, well, God wrote this, so this is a direction. Not everything is direction. Sometimes it's it's a story, like the whole thing is about the story of Christ. We shouldn't be reading it like a recipe book. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because what you have in the Old Testament is God interacting with humanity. Um, and um, pretty much some things are prescriptive and some things are descriptive. But what you do see in scripture is God regulating human affairs towards an ideal and um, working through history. Some, some of these things don't look good, but God is going towards uh, working towards a specific ideal. And, um, you know, which includes, you know, definitely the gospel. But, you know, we I think when we enter into scripture, we enter in with a modern understanding of things and we interject our modern understanding into the text instead of seeing what the text is actually trying to communicate. And that's vital um, in understanding what the text is saying. So a lot of the accusations against the Bible are really not real accusations because the Bible doesn't teach that. You got to understand what kind of literature you're dealing with. When you understand what the what the text is actually trying to communicate, then you have a better understanding of what's going on and you can probably give a little bit more grace towards the text when you see things that seem to be, you know, not of your taste, I guess you could say. Boom. That's it right there. Yeah. And no, no, I'm not I'm not even justifying that because I, I don't think it would have been justified equal way, I don't think. But I would say the historical thing is that we can look back to what um, how the colonials, how whole Americas were um, Af during the African, I mean, while the African American trade with the um, bringing all these particular slaves to the new colonies, this is where um, the Bible was used to be able to justify these things. This is just how it was. Um, it could have been different, but these are the verses that made people look at and say, well, this is justified. I could, I could do this. I could do that. Not that if it was justifiable, but it was used to. I mean, you can take anything that. and use it to justify a behavior and, and claim that your justification is as such, right? Like Islam's done that every human beings do bad stuff. Hollywood is what I would tell you. Like, yeah, human beings do bad stuff. Uh, we're deceptive. We're, we will use things and claim it's for a, a moral purpose when in reality it's not. But what I'm asserting to you here is that if you read this book for what for what it's intended to be used for, it's not uh, okay with that sort of stuff, right? So even though you can say that, yes, I'm not going to deny that human beings are evil, correct. Um, in fact, the book tells us this implicitly over and over and gives us plenty of examples showing us why, how, and, you know, it, basically why we need Jesus. But I don't think it's fair to say like, you know, because the guy, you know, uh, like, look at the, the recent events, right? <clears throat> Somebody could say, oh, I, you know, uh, misogyny is the reason I, I committed these these villainous acts or this is the reason I committed this or that is like anybody can say that. But that isn't that isn't an accurate way to 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 basically cast down, you know, a, a, a theology based on uh, the misuse of it by other human beings. Right. Like that isn't a fair assessment. I, I would exactly. say you would, you would have a point if the Bible said, hey, I want you to use this book and I want you to commit war 
and destroy nations and enslave people left and right. If it had rhetoric yeah. like that inside of it, then I would say you have a case. But like um, I said, also, you can use any book to do whatever you want, right? And claim whatever you want as a human. There's also some fallacy occurring when you blame how something was used. Like we, we have this, this conversation a lot in like when I was in art school, right? The intention of the creator versus the outcome of the thing. And like, you can say, it, I mean, we all would agree in this room that it was horrific that um, that slave owners globally, you know, in all sorts of nations used Bible verses to justify slavery. Um, but you also see within their their own worldview, there was incredible inconsistency. For example, what was it like on Sundays, you couldn't beat or kill or chase a slave because that was the Lord's day. So the slave slave owners who were using the Bible to justify slavery were then also like, oh, okay, but on Sunday, we're going to actually do what the Bible says and not hurt these people. Like you have to, if you're going to make an argument like, oh, well, the Bible shouldn't mention slavery because it encouraged slavery 3000 years later. That's like, well, that's, that just doesn't work. I mean, let's get rid of all of ancient Egyptian history or ancient Mesopotamian or like anything that came out of um, any of these Babylonian cultures or whatever, because they say unpleasant stuff. Like we wouldn't annihilate all of Muslim history because someone used it to justify 9-11. Yeah. Or like, should I, that's should a we very, refute very... calculus and math mathematics because the atomic bomb was, was made using this, this, exactly. this, it's, this thought. It's not a sustainable way to make an argument and it ends up, it's just not a good argument. Do you, do you, do you get why Hollywood? <laughs> Uh, well, hang on, guys. I'm, I'm going to well, run not, real quick. I'm, I'm not making. Hang, hang on one second. I'm not making. I'm just well, saying. Well, it's like a fallible book. Can can people not hear me? Technical point. Like it matters. Uh, Steph, did you want to keep this thing going for a while? I'm going to have to run. No, maybe we could let him finish his point, and then I better get to work. Okay, I'll let him finish his point real quick first, though. I, I've been fighting with ChatGPT this whole time. <laughs> I may at some point. We all may have to issue Tippy an apology. I'm not getting ahead of myself. This is very, very tentative, but. Um, I do want to research this more. So per Chet GPT's scholarship of the Talmud, it seems at, at, at a cursory um, looking to suggest that maybe Tippy has a point. So what it says, if I can verify, I may have to eat some humble pie. We all may. So it seems to suggest, and then Hollywood, don't forget, I, I will let you finish your point before we go. Um, it seems to suggest that even when it says they can buy slaves, it has to be... Uh, not against their will where it's getting that it gave me some sort uh, sources i'm gonna have to look up but it said the bible and the talmud so i really want to look into that but it seems to suggest that yeah they were only allowed to lawfully acquire slaves not against their will so however that happens oh, no. and it specifically says it specifically talks about because i wanted i pressed it i'm like well even if someone acquires it unlawfully because you know it says they can't kidnap blah 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 i'm like okay what if a gentile what if a heathen kidnaps someone and then sells it. Then could a Israelite acquire a slave that way? And apparently, no. If it's against the slave's will, if they were illegally acquired by anyone and then sold to an Israelite, they, they would have to be freed upon this knowledge. So like, I guess the knowledge would be, no, I don't want to be your slave. Then I guess that would be an illegal acquisition. And per the Talmud even, it seems to say that have to be let go. The only allowance is prisoners of war, like legitimate. Yes. okay. That's what I was and, it does, and it does say it has to be a lawful war whatever that means, lawful war. So if it's a lawful war and they prevail, then they can take captives of the women, children, and men, um, except it went ahead to say most of the men were put to death. But that was the only allowance. But again, it wasn't like they could just illegally sack a city 
it had to be lawful, I guess, like one of the, you know, we're going to kill you. So, you know, fight or die. Um, that, that's the only allowance. I, I don't know if Tippy was disagreeing with that. But anyways, was, that's what yeah, I found. She so I wanna... said that slaves could not be taken during wartime either. And that was the main point in this room was, yes, yes, we understand the contract instance, but there are, the Bible does allow slavery after in wartime. Yeah. Okay. That's so maybe I've learned, say. maybe I've learned something about the, um, about the buying slaves. Like I, maybe I had a right, a wrong understanding, which I get, I need to verify. Um, that I was thinking, you know, they could buy people against their will Shout by being like the tippy. slave master or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe, it, maybe, maybe. I, yeah, I don't want to get yeah, ahead of myself. Even in the war, there's contract. Like the Philistines, he said, if you beat me, you'll take my people as slaves. If I beat you, you'll give your people to me to be a slave. Uh, when David was fighting the lion. Ah, thank you. Okay, so um, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm not apologizing to anyone yet. I want to make sure this is right. But uh, Hollywood, go ahead with your point, and then I, I'm going to have to run. Yeah. <clears throat> One, I wasn't making an argument towards if slavery is justified through the Bible and said it was used. Just the historical thing. I'm not justifying because it was there, so this happened. What I'm trying to say, if it is an infallible book, and if it is, but I guess it's a historical thing, if it is just a book that people need to go for guidance, why have slavery in it? Could have uh, this could have been a lot better anything. without even having that in. Um, but that's it. That's the point. There's many, many things um, that is in that book which not doesn't make life easier for many people. Oh boy, that whole last hour was a waste. Well, I enjoyed the conversation. I, I can open up a room and answer that question. I, I'll invite like uh, Travis and stuff so they can respond. Yeah, if you want to open up a room, I'll give people a minute to follow you so they can see it. You've got till the end, till when I die in Fortnite. All right, casual talk for until I die. So I don't know, it Steph. Was anything was anything of value learned here today? I mean, I st I have faith in Tippy, uh, her understanding of the Bible. I don't know if uh, Chris gave her the most charitable, you know, reasoning for her arriving at it but i love hearing her i mean i'm in her rooms all the time i like hearing her talk about it but i think I it does become this it's like it doesn't it doesn't crush the bible if the bible mentions slavery you know it doesn't it's like yes that fits the story it's horrible humanness is humans are broken it's like when the jews demanded a king and god said you don't want a king kings suck and they were like give us one anyway and then he gave them and then it all went terribly wrong that's it's all the same story it's not advocating for anything it's saying this is how nasty humans are there's no problem in that for me, but you know. Yeah, but yeah, it always feels like it, like if people if people have one or two less verses in the Bible surrounding like King David and his adultery, like if there were like a a little less knowledge about that, um, that's like almost getting into like a David apologist where you're like, no, no, like it says he looks at another woman and you know had her husband killed, but he actually didn't have an affair, even though it's like very very obvious he did. It just feels like that, and it's like well at that point like what's what's the point? Like, you know, I believe the Bible, right. you know, proves itself on its own merits. Like we don't really need to help it. We just need to accurately say what it says. Like we, we don't need to like, be like, Oh, we're, we're going to ignore that part. We're going to tiptoe around that part of the Bible because the Bible needs our help. God doesn't need our help. We, I mean, I think humans need our help. Like just sometimes literally just reading the text. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've never read that before. I'm like, well, 
how'd you get this knowledge? I'm like, well, I opened my eyes and I read the paper. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that. So like, we don't need to help the Bible. We just need to, you know, sometimes help other people, like maybe understand something that they've never even read before. So anyway, it just, it just really felt like, I don't know. So, I mean, if, if Tippy was saying that, maybe she has a point about the buying slaves in Leviticus, but yeah, I would still disagree. I, I mean, she could probably nuance that where I, I could kind of agree about the prisoners of war. Cause if, I mean, after I look into it, if it's like, well, there's an applied contract or some sort of blah, 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 like word salad, then I can make, okay, there's always a contract and the contract is be my slave or die. So I guess, sure, contract. Um, but in a real sense of the word, word, I can imagine like, you know, it would be forced or under duress because, you know, if someone takes me prisoner, um, I'm not willingly going to want to be their slave. If they're like, be my slave or die, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess I'll, you know, go work in the field for a while. But okay, I died. Um, hey, well, everyone, hey, this was spicy today. To, uh, yeah, Daniel. What? Nate, did you get a chance to uh, check out that link I sent? Uh, to check out what? <laughs> You're breaking up. Uh, Vanuel? You're chopping up. If you said you sent me something, I did don't... Did you catch that? Oh, what? Nope, try again. Nah, I'll... I'll I'm... I sent you, yep. um, we had a conversation concern, concerning uh, the, the temple analogy of Genesis chapter one. I sent you a link and he's, uh, concerning, I was wondering if you actually checked out your um, back channel and actually looked at the link. Um, I looked at the link, I haven't yet. It's like a, the cosmic um, cosmic temple. Yeah, I haven't yeah, looked I at it yet, but I, I have it. I just, I just checked, I, <laughs> I have it in my list. There's like a ton of videos, I, I bumped it up to the top. So. Yeah, it's only an hour. I yeah, will, I, I will definitely want to hear your. I definitely want to hear your input on that um, as well. Uh, I definitely would like to hear your input. You and you and um, Chris as well, because I think Chris has to check it out too. Um, but pretty interesting concept. Um, just whatever your feedback is. Okay, I will let you know. I have to finish watching about the gray and black pope that are the Illuminati. But right after that one, are that's on my list. On oh, Steph. What? Oh my gosh, my my friend sent me this video. It's on Rumble. I. I I was going to wait until I watched it all to send it to you. I think I'm just going to post it to the conspiracy yeah, channel. By the way, guys, the look Discord. at our Discord. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a Discord link to the Ask a Christian. It's full of all kinds of fun nonsense, uh, mostly memes and Steph's conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm going to send that to you. But after I get done that, I've got I've got two hours left. I'm going to watch yours, Daniel. But everyone, take care. I want to say fun day. Uh, it's not a fun day. Contentious day. Full of spice. But it's a good, it's a good, right. it's a good contention because... We need to hear different perspectives, you know, and sharpen each other and deal with, hash those things out. But I, I don't think it's a bad Ah, uh, Austin, sorry. I see that you say you have a question. Please come back tomorrow. I have to go. I am out of time. But um, Or send it to me. Just message me, too. And that, that'd be fine, too. Just send me a message real quick. But um, anyone, 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 anyways, anyways, everyone, <laughs> take care. Godspeed.